This episode of Excuse the Intermission is presented in partnership with the Grand Cinema. The Grand Cinema is the South Sound's nonprofit home for independent, international, and local film. The theater strives to enrich the lives and enhance the cultural vitality of the greater Tacoma community through the art of film. The Grand Cinema is dedicated to providing their signature art house movie going experience in a safe and healthy fashion. There is something for everyone at the Grand Cinema. Along with their wonderful weekly programming, they are also home to the Weird Elephant Late Night Film Series, the Silver Screen Society, Free Family Flicks, and Tacoma's Outdoor Movie Series. You can also inquire about theater rentals at the Grand Cinema by contacting their box office or website. The staff and volunteers cannot wait to make your experience at the movies a memorable one, so grab your friends, grab your tickets, and don't forget to stop at the concession stand for the Grand Signature Popcorn. The Grand Cinema is located at 606 Fawcett Avenue in Tacoma, Washington, and open seven days a week. You can find them online at www.grandcinema.com and on Instagram and Facebook at The Grand Cinema. How's it? I'm Alex McCauley. I'm Max Fosford. And I am Grant Colombini. And this is Excuse the Intermission, a discussion show surrounding Hollywood's youngest and brightest stars. It's a special week here on ETI, as yours truly will be celebrating his 31st birthday, so we wanted to center an episode around that event while also shaking up our structure once again. What we have come up with is our grandest list to date, and one that was a lot of fun to put together. In just a moment, we will be presenting our top 31 actors in Hollywood, age 31 and under. We've put a lot of thought and care into making this list, taking into consideration the actors' past roles, their acknowledgments, their social influence, and current and future projects. It's all coming up on this episode of Excuse the Intermission, but first, let's hear a word from our friends over at Redux. Welcome to Redux, a podcast about music by a music lover for music lovers. I'm Van Berryman, math teacher by trade, podcaster by hobby, former radio host and production coordinator, and avid music lover. Step into Redux for deep looks into album reviews with a concise but thorough comparison of an artist's first album to their most recent and their journey to get there. Plus, top 10 lists, best ofs, and other musical inputs to get you through the day. If you like what you hear, drop a follow on Instagram at Redux Podcast and feel free to let me know there what reviews you want to hear. Come along on this journey with me, sit back, and enjoy the ride. Okay, guys, we're back and we're talking about the youngest and brightest stars in Hollywood. When we first talked about putting together a master list for this episode, I think we all knew there would be some consensus picks and yet also some personal favorites that may be left on the outside looking in. So when it came to making your own list, I'm curious as to what some of your prerequisites were and how you decided where to rank the young men and women on your list. Well, I think the first thing I thought of was, I, I mean, there's some obvious picks, right? I mean, you've got some a lot of Oscar-nominated people uh, kind of in the top 10 of our list. Uh, so those people were pretty easy to come up with. Um, and then it's just... After that, for me at least, it's it's memorable performances um, and being able to uh, have a presence on screen or or you know and be part of a big production. Um, that was kind of my my uh, way of of going about picking picking names. Besides the f- ten to twenty that immediately popped in my head, 
just how Max said, just a memorable moment. I had to have liked at least one of their performances. And, I, you know, I created a list of 31. And then in starting to do research, they immediately started knocking names off because I was like, oh, this person. Oh, I didn't realize they were 31. There's a lot of people I want on this list that were 32 and 33. And I was like, damn it. <laughs> but I, it was pretty low bar. Like, basically, I just I just had to like them and at least know who they were. And then there were some I didn't and looked them up. And I was like, oh, OK, this fits. So. Yeah, I mean, the talent pool was pretty deep to pull from here. Um, it would be real easy to say – it's kind of funny. It's a catch-22 with a lot of these actors and actresses because at first I really wanted my top tier to be able to stand alone outside of like a franchise or just a big IP project. Almost impossible. Almost impossible. And so then, so then the other side of that coin is they have to be um, considered and trusted with big franchises – in intellectual properties. And so you really have to be able to do both. You have to be able to carry an indie by yourself. And yet you kind of also need to be able to have a memorable role in a giant ensemble cast, which might mean a superhero appearance. And then the flip side to that too, with all these young actors, most of them that are not at the 30, 31 mark don't have a lot of a rap sheet, not a lot of projects they've been a part of. So you have to start looking at like how they are off screen and then that kind of weighs in a little bit so i have that too actually i you know that's not it was at the bottom of my list here but i'll just touch on it right now i have a would i or could i be friends with this person do i, <laughs> yeah. do I feel like I, do i feel like i would get along with them because so many of them i mean we're doing this because obviously i'm turning 31 so a lot of them are like right in our yeah. age bracket as far as would have gone to high school with us or you know they would have been our our friends younger brothers or younger sisters or something like that um just a few of the other things i have though because like what you're saying their film their filmography isn't going to be as you know um epic as a Meryl Streep or somebody like right. that. So it came down to me the quality of the films that they've done already and yeah. the filmmakers who they've worked with I feel like that's a big telltale sign on how kind of the industry views them. Um, and then and to go hand in hand with that, the acting credits to their name in relation to their age. Because some of these people that we talk about on this list have been acting since they were, you know, seven, eight, nine years old was some of their first screen appearances. And then other people, some of the older ones on our list might not have as many, but they're more densely packed into really quality projects. Um, and so we will detail all those here. Right now, let's get this list started um, at number 31, and it's somebody who you have nominated, Max. She's only 16 years old, Daphne Keene. Yeah, Daphne Keene came on the the scene in Logan, um, and she played uh, X-23 in that movie. And and pretty much a silent performance in that, but a lot of emotion and uh, violence and action in that. She really held her own opposite of Hugh Jackman. which a lot of people consider that's Hugh Jackman's one of his top performances. Um, she was only what fourteen or thirteen in that movie, uh, and since then she's been uh, carrying an HBO show, His Dark Materials, for the past two years. So for me, those even though and, and like that's pretty much it. I mean, she is a very lean film. I was going to say she has four credits to her name. Right yeah. Now. Um, and you know, she's extremely young, but, um, uh, I think those two being able to, to come into 
that X-Men franchise do a wonderful job in that role and then also carry an HBO show, which a lot of people thought was dead in the water after season one, but they brought back for season two, and I'm pretty sure it's about to get renewed for season three. And a lot of that has to do with Daphne Keene and her expertise uh, as, as a young actor. Um, so I, I, think, I think the future whole is, is very bright for her, and I think she's going to be someone we're going to be talking about for, for years to come. And then number 30 on our list is 30 years old. So she's kind of the golden pick here. She She's a 30 at 30. And that's Elizabeth Debicki. Well, I don't care. He gives large parties and I like large parties. They're so intimate. Small parties, there isn't any privacy. Yes. Uh, Elizabeth is an Australian-born actress. And she's kind of dipped her toes into a lot of different genres and kind of has represented that she's got a bit of range. Uh most notably is her first major appearance was in The Great Gatsby. She was Jordan Baker. Uh, Jordan has some of the best lines in that movie, and Elizabeth just nailed it. And she was one of the – I remember watching that, having no idea who this woman was. Like, I thought, why didn't they get someone famous for it? And she blew me away. That was um, my experience. That's kind of the only thing I knew her from, actually. Yeah, and she's gone on to do some, like, you know, kitschy action movies like that. Everest, The Man from Uncle. She was in a Macbeth um, movie. She was Aisha in Guardians of the Galaxy 2, you know, the golden people. So she's been in the Marvel Universe. Um, she was in the Cloverfield Paradox, the Netflix movie that tried to connect it and create like the Marvel thing kind of tanked or whatever. Uh, she was in Widows, that um, Viola Davis uh, action flick. So she's kind of Steve gone. McQueen directed. Yep. Yeah. Um, and, and I remember her being a, a standout in yeah. that film. And then most notably, most recently, she was... The reason why she's on your list. <laughs> yeah, I mean, besides all that other stuff, she's the female lead in Tenet, and she... Uh, she's also in The Crown, too. Oh, oh yeah. The, the most recent season of The Crown, she plays Princess Diana. So, I mean, don't sleep on The Crown, all right? No, where yeah, well, my crown true. I, was I know, I know we're a movie. I'm going in order. Right, but shout out, shout out to TV, though. Yeah, yeah, yeah. but The Crown is one of the, one of the, best, one of the best series out there. Uh, but yes, she is the female lead in Tenet. And she delivers a performance that reminds me of kind of like her in Gatsby of she can really nail a very serious role while having a lot of heart and emotion behind it. Being the, you know, her main goal is to protect her son and tenant and having that be a sub character subplot beneath everything and having her just deliver that. That's why she made my list. I think especially being 30 and kind of the cadence she has on screen. I think she's got a bright future and a lot of kind of what she's done already. Very niche specific types of movies um i think maybe one day if she's given the right role in the right place she could be oscar worthy at some point i think she's fantastic and then uh the next one on our list here coming in at number 29 is another person that you've nominated grant samara weaving she's 28 years old so why don't you keep it going and talk about her yeah samara kind of exploded uh, onto the screen for me like i didn't really i wasn't really aware of who she was and then went back and looking at what she had done I realized I had seen her in a few things. Um, she was in three billboards uh, outside Ebbing, Missouri. She was Penelope. Um, That's most, like her first big break. Really. Yeah, that yeah. was like the first major one. Uh, she was she was also the ba- in The Babysitter. She was the hot babysitter in that Netflix kind of like 80s kitschy new horror. Um, most notably, and my favorite role of hers, Ready or Not, we talked about her uh, being like one of the best new screen queens um, in our 2010 episode going back to October, uh, she was in Bill and Ted face the music. Uh, she's coming back for another babysitter movie. She's going to be in a GI Joe movie. And then like, just going back, um, 
A G.I. Joe movie. Yeah, they're doing another reboot. They're doing another one. Uh, there's a, there's this one old role of hers, Mayhem, where she just plays like this weird, weird character. And then also Guns Akimbo. I don't know if you guys have heard of this. This Daniel Radcliffe balls to the wall. Like the poster is Daniel Radcliffe with two guns in a bathrobe with bear uh, slippers on. And he's got a black eye. But Samara Weaving just plays like this weird gangster girl and she's got like shaved eyebrows. So like she can be a character actress. She can be a scream queen. And then, uh, you know, she's diving into a little bit, a lot of stuff. Hollywood and then the last moment of clarity, a little bit more serious. So and then, of course, she has the prestige of being Hugo Weaving's uh, niece. Okay, yeah. niece. Yes. Yep. And so is number 28 on our list, who is Dakota Johnson. She's 31 years old. And, of course, she is the daughter of Don Johnson and Melanie Griffin, two screen legends. Uh, this was a nomination of mine. Uh, the first thing I ever really saw her in, and we've been going back, and I've been going back at least and revisiting this movie a lot, and I never really realized that this is her character. But the first thing I ever saw her in that most people ever saw her in was The Social Network. She's the girl at Stanford who we are introduced to as we meet the Justin Timberlake character. And so she's got the one scene in that movie, and she absolutely nails it. Like, that's a, that's a really funny scene. Uh, and then no one really saw her again until she was in 21 Jump Street in 2012. And it's remarkable. She's like the eighth or ninth like build person in that movie so she was still coming into her own but then that's where she meets johnny depp who she is still dating to this day so that's a very interesting uh, relationship there in hollywood johnny depp has always kind of gone for the, the younger women um and then of course she gets her big break in 2015 with 50 shades of gray and is the lead character in all three of those films those movies go on to make 1.3 billion dollars so she's an international superstar at this point carrying one of the biggest um, book to screen adaptations that we've had here in the 21st century and then a personal favorite of mine the 2018 reimagining of Suspiria she plays uh, the lead lead character in that film and then she follows that up with Bad Times at the El Royale a real fun Tarantino-esque kind of mystery crime thriller in 2018 as well then she gets pretty indie with the peanut butter falcon in 2019 and then i actually just found this out today when i was looking up her future projects she's going to be uh her and olivia coleman are going to be the two female leads in maggie gyllenhaal's directorial debut which comes out it's expected to come out in 2021 called the lost daughter and that also is going to star peter skarsgård jesse buckley and ed harris so really good cast behind that so i'm looking forward to what she has uh, coming up here and she's already, you know, cemented herself as someone who can carry a franchise, who um, is funny, I, I think, someone who I would honestly feel like I would get along with, too, on and off screen. Um, okay, now on to number 27, the young, well, second youngest person that we've talked about. He's only 18 years old, and you know him from things like Stranger Things and It, it's your boy Max, Finn Wolfhand. Yeah, and then... Just as you were saying, I mean, Stranger Things, the It franchise, he was in, you know, kind of a fun horror movie called The Turning. I still haven't seen um, that, but it's, you know, it's it's way down there on the list, but I'd like to see it's it. It's decent. It feels like uh, he's kind of been pegged as like, hey, this is going to be kind of a, a kid to watch here. Uh, just because his, futures, his future uh, projects, he's got, you know, the, ghost, the new Ghostbusters uh, Afterlife franchise that he's going to be the lead in. Um, Pinocchio, he's got a voice in, in there in uh, uh, GDT's uh, Pinocchio. Rules of Werewolves. Uh, and when you, uh, this one was interesting, When You Finish Saving the World, which is Jesse Eisenberg's director, uh, directorial debut. 
Um, so he does, he is going to be, you know, hopefully doing, keeping a, a little indie, but he's got a lot of, uh, a big IP connected to him, uh, with the Stephen King stuff and the stranger things, uh, and, and ghostbusters. Um, I just, I, again, I, I, again, another young, young talent that I think we're going to be talking about for a while. Well, I was impressed too. I saw he has 37 credits already to his name at age 18. Yeah. So he's staying busy. And he's busy. Canadian, so you know he's a good dude. <laughs> but staying busy, that's what you like to see from from all these uh, young people who we're going to be talking about is not taking a time off or not taking any time off. Yeah. Uh, so number 26 now is Kiernan Chipka. She's 21 years old. Uh, I was surprised to find out she really got her start doing like comedy bits on the Jimmy Kimmel show back in like 2007 to 2019, which was also around the same time that the world was being introduced to her as Sally Draper, John Hamm, Don Draper's daughter in the Mad Men series. So she does 89 episodes of Mad Men uh, running from 2007 to 2015. Uh, And then she kind of gets her first big screen. Uh, role in a fun movie called Carriers, which I think you've seen before, Grant. Yeah. It's a it's a pandemic esque. You have two max. Yeah. Okay, yeah, a fun a fun pandemic esque type movie that uh, stars Chris Pine. Pine? Is it? Yeah. yeah. Uh, and then of course one of my favorite uh, horror films from the last twenty to twenty five years, The Black Coat's Daughter, that came out in two thousand fifteen. She's the lead in that. And then what most people probably know her from actually is the project that she's currently working on, which is the Chilling Adventures of Sabrina, kind of the the reboot of Sabrina the Teenage Witch. She's the titular character there. So she's been in thirty six episodes of that, running from two thousand eighteen to two thousand twenty. And her next project is called Strangers of Argo Hill, which is in pre-production, and that's going to be the next movie from Charlie Kaufman. So yeah, I'm who really we love. who we love here. I'm really excited to see what she does in that lead role. Uh, okay, so on to number twenty-five is someone you nominated, Max. Ella Fanning. So we all know Dakota Fanning. We grew up with her. She kind of fizzled out, but she's been here and there. Ella Fanning. Tarantino brought her back for uh, Once Upon a Time in Hollywood, yeah. Ella Fanning is her younger sister. Uh, And, again, kind of just a steady, slow rise, I feel like. The first thing I ever remember seeing her in is Super 8. Um, But since then, she's done Neon Demon with Nicholas, I'm overrated, Waldo, whatever, heck. And the Begold, or Begild. Jamie Lannister. Just call him Jamie Lannister, right? <laughs> uh, the Begild, uh I don't even know if that's how you say that. But it's uh, Sofia Coppola. She's worked with Sofia Coppola. And then also recently she was a hit smash on the Hulu original show, The Great, um, which is getting tons of uh, buzz about it. And then her upcoming stuff is actually she'll be teaming with her sister, Dakota Fanning, in The Nightingale, which is a famous novel. Um, so interesting, again, young star on the rise. Absolutely. Well, and she has – this blew me away. At 22 years old, she has 60 acting credits to her name. So going back to what you said, we all kind of were introduced to her um, with Super 8, but she's stayed real, real busy ever since. Uh, Okay, so number 24 on our list now is 31 years old, just makes the list. Uh, A personal favorite of mine, I I nominated this person here kind of uh, once we were down to – once we had our 20 consensus picks. But it's Riley Keough, who's the daughter of Lisa Marie Presley and Danny Keough. And that makes her the eldest grandchild of Elvis and Priscilla Presley. So talk about having some prestige behind you. Uh, The granddaughter of Elvis. 
So she's already been nominated for a Golden Globe. That was uh, for Best Performance by an Actress in a Limited Series or Motion Picture TV for The Girlfriend Experience, the Soderbergh um, project back in 2017. Uh, her real start was back with Magic Mike uh, in Soderbergh back in 2012. And then I think everybody really kind of caught wind of her when she played one of um, the wives in the Mad Max Fury Road um, movie back in 2015. And then she was in a really cool, a lesser known A24 film called American Honey with Shia LaBeouf. And then a more well-known A24 film the following year in 2017, It Comes at Night, which is a great movie. And then she reunites with Soderbergh back in 2017 for Logan Lucky, personal favorite of mine. Talked about that on an earlier episode. And then my guy, Lars von Trier Pluxer, to uh, play one of the victims of Matt Dillon's in The House of Jack Built in 2018. And then she was just most recently in a movie that we've talked about a lot here on the podcast, The Devil All the Time. Yeah. This past year. Excellent young cast. And yeah. She was part of that. And then her next project is called The Guilty, which is the next movie that's coming from Anton Fuqua. And that's going to be here hopefully in 2021. And that's going to be with uh, Jake Gyllenhaal, Ethan Hawke, Paul Dano, Bill Burr, and once again, Peter Sarsgaard. So second time we've dropped Peter Sarsgaard's name. I bet you didn't see that coming in a 31 under 31 episode. Um, but yeah, I really like her. She's got a really cool presence on stage. Um doesn't really she doesn't ever she hasn't had a role really where she like goes for it she's pretty reserved in all her movies which i really like she's got this mystique behind her so i'm really excited to see even though she's towards the uh older end of our list i still think she's got a really bright future and has already pumped out and worked with pumped out some great films and worked with some amazing directors uh our next uh actor on the list which comes in at number 23 is 24 years old and that's lucas hedges So Hedges was really first uh, given to us by Wes Anderson. He uh, played a very, very funny role in Moonrise Kingdom, uh, which is, for my money, the best Wes Anderson film. And then he was also in the Grand Budapest Hotel two years later in 2014. And then he gets an Oscar nomination for Best Supporting Actor in uh, uh, Manchester by the Sea. At the 2017 Academy Awards, uh, Manchester by the Sea, of course, comes out in 2016 is uh, just tearjerker of a film. And he's he's fantastic in that. And then the following year, he follows that up with Lady Bird uh, in 2017. And then he's also in three billboards outside of Ebbing, Missouri. So another film that, you know, Samara Weaving, now Lucas Hedges, that tapped into a good young cast. And then in 2018, he's in mid-90s, the Jonah Hill directorial debut. Uh, and then he gets a Golden Globe nomination for Best Performance by an Actor in a Motion Picture for Boy Erased in 2019. He's also in Honey Boy in 2019, the Shia LaBeouf story. Just an incra- a, a crazy run. Oh, an incredible run here. From that- Ma- Manchester to yeah. Lady, Bird Lady Bird to Three Billboards, yep. mid-90s. Honey Boy. Uh, Honey Boy. And then tops it all off with Waves. And now I still haven't seen Waves. Yeah, I uh, That's a movie, though, that, yeah, I know you and I have talked about and wanted to see for a long, long time. But, yeah, Lucas Hedges, only 24 years old, comes in at number 23 on our list. He's been nominated for an Oscar, been nominated Honestly, for a Golden Honestly, it feels Globe. a little high. Uh, you mean a little like a little low, a little right? Low. Like could be higher on could our list. Could be higher on the yeah. list. Yes, uh, which tells you we have some talent here to come. So moving on to number twenty-two is someone that you've nominated, Grant. So why don't you take it away? Yes, my uh, nomination is uh, Gerald Jerome. What does the statement say? Read I, what the sentence says. I can't read well. 
I can't read very well. Can you try to read it? I said, I said I can't read very well. Just read what the sentence says. What's wrong with this woman? I said I can't read well. She she pushing on me. Can you read any of the words? How? Maybe. Maybe. I don't, I don't know. I Above your name, does it say this statement is true? I don't know what it says because I ain't write it. So I don't know what it says. I ain't write it. Uh, he was came onto the scene in Moonlight, played one of the younger versions of the character Kevin. Um, not a lot of credits to this guy. Basically, the one that really stood out and one that broke him onto the scene was he played Corey Wise in Ava DuVernay's four-part miniseries on Netflix, When They See Us, which is about the Central Park Five. Uh, he won the Emmy for lead actor in a miniseries or movie uh, in 2017. Just one of the most heart-wrenching, beautiful performances I've ever seen acting ever. This guy just does a great job of playing this character from... he He's the only actor in the show that plays his character from the young age to the old age. So they do a really good job of makeup and like getting him to age the 16 years this guy wrongfully spends in prison. And he's not educated, always skips school. And Corey Wise just gives one of the most earth-breaking performances I've ever seen. So when when we said we were doing this list, he immediately popped into my head. When he won the Emmy, I kind of flipped out. On your personal list, you had him at number five. Yeah, yeah, no, he was, he was him, yeah. up there. Um, he's uh, in a show um, that's on Peacock now. It used to be like an AT&T thing, but now it's on Peacock with um, uh, Brendan Gleeson called uh, Mr. Mercedes. It's a detective looking for a serial killer that's killing people with his car. Um, he's in a, a that's a is that that's a Stephen King adaptation. Uh, Steve, Stephen King and David E. Kelly, yeah. who is the most famous like courtroom writer of TV show writer of all time. And he's got a couple other um, lead acting roles coming up. One called Venture that started production in uh, 2016 as a short film, and now it's going to be uh, made again into a big one. And then one with nothing called I'm a Virgo with Boots Riley. So he's got some other projects, not a lot for how young he is, um, but I think he is one to keep an eye on that he's going to, if this is how he's starting, I, I don't see him fizzling out. I think he's going to really kind of find his stride. Well, that's that's kind of why I put him here at number 22, because uh, we have one more before we get to our consensus picks. The the first 11 that we've talked about, or that we saw one more, but uh, they, they were all kind of people that I just had to uh, combine. You guys trusted me to just kind of put into the list. And yeah, him being higher than some of the people we've already talked about was based on, I think, his potential. Absolutely. Which is, which is really high. Yeah. Uh, okay, so then the last person was another one you nominated, but who I really like, I know Max really likes, 30 this years old. This guy has been 30 for 10 years. Good lord, right? Um, so number 21 is Aaron Taylor Johnson. Grant, why don't you lead this discussion as well? Uh, Aaron Taylor Johnson, another guy that has dipped his toes into a lot of different genres. I, I think his biggest breakout was... And, and projects. 50, or 45 acting credits yeah, to his name. Uh, yeah. I think the the biggest one was 2010 when he was Kick-Ass. And this is like... He has, being a British actor, one of the best nerdy American accents I've ever heard in that movie. Uh, but he was in Nocturnal Animals. He was in uh, Godzilla. He was in the don't, don't skip over Savages now. <laughs> I, oh, yeah, I'm kind of working, working back. Okay, here. okay. Uh, but yes, he's in Savages. Uh, he's in a couple other like little low-budget short stuff, like The Chat Room. Um, moves on to Kick-Ass 2. He's in the Marvel Universe as uh, Quicksilver. He is in the first Godzilla. You didn't see that coming? Yeah. Oh, it's, I didn't say it was good. I said he was in it. 
but then the wall outlaw king. I mean, the, the guy just keeps popping up here and there, and you can tell that he's gotten to a point where he's really choosing his roles, and he's got a pop up role in Tenet. He comes in in the third act, and you're just like, oh shit, Aaron Taylor Johnson's in this, and it's a role I've never seen this guy do. Like the, how he carries his character, his accent, everything about it. I was like, this guy's got range. I, I was a little bummed he was this low on our list. I kind of wanted him a little higher because I, I love this guy. I think he's he's going to do a big thing. Yeah, no, he's he's the he's the first of the wild cards. And, yeah. and I put him in there for a reason. Max, I know you just watched Nocturnal Animals mm-hmm. for the first time, the Tom Ford film, uh, and yeah, you were really blown away. Yeah, he's excellent in it. And and it's interesting. This guy, like I said, I you know, I guess he's been around for 10 years now, right, or yeah. 11 years with Kick-Ass was kind of the big breakout for him. Um, Savages and Anna Karenina. Yeah. yeah. Oh, yeah. he was in Shanghai Nights. Yeah, that's like when one of his first credits. 2003, yeah. yeah. <laughs> uh, but I, I, you're right. He's he's very um, prolific. You know, he likes getting checks. And I think uh, I, I think he's going to continue. I mean, he's doing a Kingsman movie um, coming up. So that's another franchise he's jumping into. Um, but yeah, I, I, think, uh, I think he's just going to be kind of one of those guys that like – he might not might not ever be like a leading man, but like he's just gonna be in like three movies a year. Well, he was uh, one of his earlier ones before Kick Ass. Uh, he was John Lennon, Nowhere Boy. Yeah, and so he can like do that little how you said prolific. Mm-hmm. He can really kind of be a different characters. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, all right, so now we're about to crack the top 20. This is when we uh, started getting into some consensus picks here where either all three of us or at least two of us had these people on our list. So the first person we're going to talk about is uh, a Golden Globe nominee herself, and that is Lily Collins. She's 31 years old, and we just all raved about her in Mank. Little bit of a, a recency bias, a, li- right? a little bit, sure. Uh, she's she's got a little bit of a of a of a thin uh, thin filmography, at least for me, as far as what I've seen her in. Um, but yeah, uh, I think she, she was in a big Netflix show this year, Emily in Paris. Emily in Paris, yeah. And then, of course, Mank. Um, she's really actually kind of looking like a Netflix. Like she might be one of the stars that like you know is helping drive that uh, streaming. Uh, not that they need help driving, no, <laughs> driving no. people to their streaming. Um, but yeah, Mank. I mean, she's just wonderful. She'll probably she might get uh, nominated for an Oscar this year. Um, but yeah, that's 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 kind of what I know her from. Yeah, I think Golden Globe probably for sure. Once you know we start to differentiate dramas between musicals and comedies, I think she's uh, probably guaranteed. I shouldn't say probably guaranteed. I think she's more than likely going to get a Golden Globe nomination for that performance. We all really liked her in that, and then she has three projects in the works right now, and so you see that she's taking this momentum from Emily in Paris and Mank and turning it into um, a possible career leap. And she's got some of the greatest genes on this planet flowing through her veins. She is the daughter of Phil Collins. <laughs> so, dun, 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 well, and that's funny too because her first acting credit is a voice role in Tarzan. Well, it's he was recording a lullaby song, and she was a kid, so he used her voice. That's that's fantastic. Uh, yeah, uh, Blindside is her first acting credit that people might know her from. Now, granted, that was eleven years ago, so she probably looks a little different. Um, but yeah, she's been in work for a while and is here to stay. That's for sure. And, and she's a showbiz kid. Yeah. 
yeah, so you know that she's got a good team behind her, probably. She'll know how to manage the ups and downs, the ins and outs of Hollywood. Uh, okay, so now we kind of have another young one here on our list at number 19. She's 24 years old, and we've known this actress for a long, long time. Somebody that you two had on your list, and that's Haley Steinfeld. I will pay $225 and keep the gray horse. I don't want the ponies. I cannot accept that. There will be no settlement after I leave this office. It will go to law. All right, this is my last offer. $250 for that. I get the release previously discussed, and I keep your father's saddle. The gray horse is not yours to sell. The saddle is not for sale. I will keep it. Lawyer Daggett will prove ownership of the gray horse. He will come after you with a writ of replevin. A what? Writ of All right, now listen very carefully, as I will not bargain further. I will take the ponies back and the gray horse, which is mine, and settle for $300. Now, you must take that or leave it, and I do not much care which it is. Lawyer Jacob would not wish me to consider anything under $325. But I will settle for $320 if I am given the 20 in advance. Now, here's what I have to say about that saddle. Yeah, Steinfeld uh, really blew up with True Grit when she was nominated for an Oscar um, that year. That uh, What was that, 2010, I believe? 2011? Uh, then she's also jumped in and... and carried the Transformers, kind of revived the Transformers franchise with Bumblebee, uh, and carried a show called Dickinson on Apple Plus TV. Um, again, she just she's able to headline. After True Grit, she was able to headline stuff. And guess what? She's going into the Marvel Universe next. Oh, yeah. really? Yeah, she's going to be Kate Bishop, who is uh, in the, the comics. Hawkeye. Yeah, Hawkeye's protege. Um, and she was also Gwen Stacy in Into the Spider-Verse. So she's got that going for her because that's one of the greatest animated movies. And she's time. a pop star, right? Yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah. She's She has a music career. and Yeah. So I think she's one of those multi-talented young actresses that has already done a Coen Brothers movie. So she can kind of just do whatever she wants from here on out, and she's going to probably be successful at it. I think at the time when she was nominated for True Grid, that was one of the youngest. She was one of the youngest ever. nominees ever. Mm-hmm. Yeah, And she fucking rocks in oh, True Grid. She's I need awesome. to rewatch that film. She's yeah. awesome in that. Yeah. One of the top Coen brothers. Uh, okay, so then number 18 on our list is the first person that was a consensus pick from all three of ours. He's 31 years old, and it's Nicholas Holt. And now I've been a big fan of this guy's ever since the uh, BBC show Skins, which uh, MTV then tried to remake and it just was garbage, which happens most of the time. <laughs> Looking at you, Office, when you uh, try to pull a BBC show over to America. But uh, yeah, so he's in Skins. And then the following or two years later, the same year that Skins ends, though, he's in Tom Ford's directorial debut, A Single Man. And that's when this guy just jumped off the screen. Uh, He's really good in that. And then he gets he dips his toes into the franchise and everyone knows him once he's in X-Men First Class. Um, Beast. He's Beast in X-Men, yeah. Mm -hmm. And from there on, he just starts making really good movies with really good directors. Uh, He's a very popular costume every year around Halloween for his role in Mad Max Fury Road. Mad Max Fury Road, another movie George Miller really tapped into a bunch of really good young talent. Zoe Kravitz, who almost made our list, is in that film. Mm -hmm. Um, And then, yeah, you get um, a bunch of other really good things here recently. 
uh, Tolkien. He's the main guy in the story of J.R.R. And then also um, he's got a project, Those Who Wish Me Dead, in the works right now. It's completed. It's not out yet. Um, but this is the next Taylor Sheridan movie. Which we're super excited for. Very excited yes. for. Huge fans of Taylor. Um, so yeah, I was really happy that he was 31 years old. What's what? What was the reason for you guys kind of putting him on? Your well, list? I mean, he was opposite Ella Fanning as well in The Great, right? Which has just been a hit this year uh, on Hulu. Um, but again, just a guy that uh, yeah, I, I think he was up for like to be Bond at one point. Um, I could totally see that. Uh, and and the Mad Max performance is excellent. Uh, coming into the X Men franchise and and really breathing some life into that. Uh, he's just been a guy who's been around, and and I think now that he's getting into stuff like with with Taylor Sheridan, you know, might untap uh, untap some. I mean, you just have to look at him as Beast, look at him as J.R. Tolkien, and then look at him as Nux, and realize this guy could do anything. <laughs> a lot of range, absolutely. Yeah. And, and he's and he's in his thirties. Like the yeah. guy, the guy's a young dude, and I mean, it's it's hard to think of Mad Max without having him be either who you think of before Max or right after Max when you think of that movie because it was such a awesome, brilliant role. He's just like, yeah, he's freaking scoring 80 points at Staples Center in that movie. <laughs> like, he's just, he's the one, you know, Furiosa, Tom Hardy as Max, but he really steals the show and then in that a, movie. A guy that... I live! I die! <laughs> I live again! And then his dynamic with a guy that I don't think was on any of our lists, but Josh Hellman... Uh, is the other, uh, you know, war boy that oh, like okay. is his like his buddy and like those two? They're the, how they feed off of each other when they're in the car with uh, Max strapped to the front. That's some of the best scenes in the movie. <laughs> yeah, he steals the true. screen. That's true. Uh, okay, and now our, uh, the next one on our list here, who we all had, uh, even though I think a lot of this is based off of kind of one singular performance, but it's an amazing performance. Is twenty eight year old Daisy Ridley. So I'll let you guys as the Star Wars a- people. Amazing come. performance. Well, I mean, she's she, ma- is she the she, best listen, part of those? She, she she's the best part of those movies, right? She is probably the best part of those movies. Yes, and obviously she was the central character of the Star Wars franchise. But I think what excites me about it is is that her filmography going forward. She's got a lot of projects coming up. Mm-hmm. Chaos Walking, Women in, in the Castle, The Eventer, Colma, A Woman of, of No Importance. Um, so hopefully, what I'm hoping is that, you know, she moves past, obviously she wants to move past Star Wars, um, which, you know, she can carry a franchise. And now let's, let's get in and do some, do some acting. You know, do capital some, A acting. Yeah, yeah, capital A acting. So I hope I hope some of these kind of uh, unlock her in that. Yeah, I, she's definitely the best part of the sequel franchise. Those movies. Um, I think Force Awakens. I I like even though it is a copy of you know of Episode Four. You know, the very first one. Um, her performance in that, her dynamic. I think she, it, it warrants very much excitement for her future. I think she is really good. And uh, Murder on the Orient Express. She yeah she, she is she's there, yeah. she's got to get a you know characterability to her I mean not much but she she's got a she's doing something else and so I'm really excited to see what the future holds for her she was just kind of she was the center of of culture there for for a good five years but now let's 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 see her let's see her do some craft you know? yeah absolutely uh, okay talk about doing a, doing some crafting uh, tapping into some superpowers here and number sixteen is sixteen year old Millie Bobby Brown. 
And this is another one who we all had on our list. Uh, Max, I'll let you kind of start since you had Finn on yours as well. Everyone knows her from Stranger Things. The other half of Stranger Things. And and by far, like, the best, I, I think, definitely the best performer in Stranger Things. Even though Finn does a, a, a decent job. But but I remember watching that first season. I was just going to say season one especially. Yeah, season one. And, and being like, wow, who is this? Like, she can really command the screen when she's on there. Um and now, you know, she's moved into this whole monster verse with Godzilla. Uh, we'll see how that goes. But I'm, I'm just, again, another young, young actor who uh, very excited to see as she grows as a performer. Well, and it's funny, too, because this is her along with just a handful of other people we've talked about um, are like a generation under us. Mm-hmm. And so the influence that she has as far as her Instagram and all her social medias, um, you know, she's she's really the voice in the face for the next generation. She is very, very important to to kids under us. Absolutely. You know? you're, you're exactly right when she when you say she's the face of a generation. Um, so it would be really interesting. And, and she seems that she can handle that. You know, she's she seems mature beyond her years. Yeah, she just had a video that kind of went viral saying, you know, kind of calling out the people who have been, you know, quote unquote, attacking her via her social medias, where she's like, listen, I'm 16 years old. I don't have to let you into this part of my life. Mm-hmm. You know, all you Internet trolls and people like that, you know, leave these leave these young kids alone and let them grow into the person who they're trying to who they're trying to be, yeah. you know. Uh, anything to say about MBB, Grant? Um, no, she's great. I think she's got a great future in front of her. I really love her character in the Godzilla verse. I'm really excited for what she holds in the first, in the, I mean, in the next sequel, because like in those monster movies, or at least King Kong, King Kong eventually in, in any iteration he has, has a human connection and it's usually the woman. And then in this movie, it's kind of nice to put it's like the first monster movie in for Godzilla or classic Kong where you, you see it from a kid's point of view, a younger, you know, high school age kid where usually it's these people high in power and how they would react. And I think she's kind of that probably because it's one way because Godzilla has no idea that she exists, mm-hmm. but it is that that human connection and starting to shape the path of how these humans are going to exist with these Titans. So I'm really excited for what this next one holds and what her character is going to do. Cause at first I was like, what are we doing with kids in a monster movie? And then I saw it and I was like, Oh, okay. Yeah. And she's awesome. So. Well, and too, I mean, going back to stranger things and then with this, it takes a certain skill to work with CGI to be acting in front of a oh, green absolutely. screen, you know, for a majority of her career just, now, just hearing a director go, look up over here. Right. <laughs> and you know, that's what the generation probably, yeah, probably below us. They're going to have some really skilled actors because they're going to be working with CGI from when they begin. Absolutely. Uh, okay, so number 15, we're halfway through our list now, is someone else who feels like they've been under the age of 31 forever. Dude, this, I, thought, I thought for sure this guy was 40. <laughs> <laughs> uh, someone else that once we all found out his age, and he's not even 31, he's only 30, yeah. um, but he made all of our lists, and that's Dev Patel. So Dev Patel, who most people know from Slumdog Millionaire, um, I for, was first introduced to him along with Nicholas Holt in the BBC show Skins. Uh, but then, yeah, he gets a very early Best Actor nominee to his credit for Slumdog Millionaire, which comes out in 2008. So right off the bat, he's working with Danny Boyle, uh, one of the best 
best still working directors in Hollywood, and then really picks and chooses his roles carefully. Only 23 acting credits to his name. But I think that this is somebody else who, I mean, there are very good projects mixed in there. But I think this is somebody, I still have yet to see Hotel Mumbai. Have any of you guys seen that movie yet? I have not. Uh, That was kind of his reemergence. I know he was in Lion, Lion, which got a lot of love from uh, the Academy and other um, award awards. But uh, yeah, Hotel Mumbai, he kind of gets back into acting. And then this is somebody who I think we're all, who kind of all made our list because we're looking forward so much to The Green Knight. Well, and uh, it looks like he does get nominated for Lyon as a supporting actor at the Oscars in 2017. Um, So he, I mean, again, someone who I feel like has been around forever and has already a couple different, you know, acting nominations and, you know, people should take notice. Like he, he's going to be, he's going to win an Oscar at some point. Um, and also, you know, let's not, I mean, he's worked with some great people, Danny Boyle, as you said, but also Aaron Sorkin in the newsroom. That's what I was just going to bring up. Um, and looking forward, the green Knight. very, very excited about that movie. Yeah, you definitely see his range in what he can do. Um, and that, I think that's a theme in these young actors is do they have range or are they niche? Um, and that's not a good or bad thing one way or the other. Um, but I was just going to say, even though we are a movie podcast, his role in the newsroom is one of the more just like positive shining light moments of just and I think he does a really good job, especially how he presented himself in Slumdog Millionaire of just that innocence to always do what's right and you kind of think that's how he is as a person so like Dev Patel is a guy where it's like dude I get a beer with this guy <laughs> absolutely um, so now number 14 uh, clocks in she at age 31 and talk about someone who has kind of capitalized on her family's genes um, <laughs> is Elizabeth Olsen and now I was first introduced to Elizabeth Olsen in the lesser known horror film Silent House which is kind of uh, notorious among whoreheads for being all shot in one take. Really cool movie. But I'll let you guys kind of take this discussion over because obviously she's she's turned into a huge star because of the Marvel extended universe. Absolutely. I mean, she comes in uh, in Age of Ultron as uh, the Scarlet Witch. And, you know, it starts as a bad guy, but then she does a turn. And and now she is – she has her own show starting – uh, on January 15th, yeah. uh, WandaVision. Um, and she's been in, what, every Marvel movie since her debut, I think? Or well, not every Marvel Not every, movie, but... Any, but every team movie. Yeah. Um, she came in at a point where it was mostly ensembles from here on out, so mm-hmm. she, ha- she had a part. Yeah, and, and you know, she's going to continue with, with this whole WandaVision and then into Doctor Strange, uh, Multiverse of Badness with uh, Sam Raimi. Um so someone who really, I think, exploded and uh, benefited from from the big IP franchise. Yeah, and uh, she she's one of my favorite parts of the whole franchise. I really love her character, what she stands for. Uh, she is obviously, if you watch those movies, probably the strongest Avenger there is. The fact that she can go toe-to-toe with Thanos is just some of the cooler effects that this you know franchise has when she uses her powers. Um, I'm not too excited for the slate of Marvel shows coming out. If there was one, I guess it's WandaVision just because it seems the most unique in how it's going to be presented. I think 
if anything, that show is going to offer her more range to kind of branch out out of what this character was. Um, but uh, Wind River, I think, is just my favorite performance of hers. She's she's great in that. I was going to say mixed in to uh, being within the Marvel Extended Universe. It hasn't she hasn't been pulled away and just spent, you know, an entire decade in spandex and in a cape or whatever. She was in the Spike Lee remake of Old Boy as well, yeah. which is, you know, say what you will about that movie. It's obviously not as good as the original and really not that good of a film uh, in general. It's unnecessary. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, but, you know, so she works with Spike Lee, works with Taylor Sheridan. Right. And then she's also in the first Godzilla movie yeah. uh, back in 2014. And, and I, I hope that, you know, I, I, I haven't seen that one in so long because you can't find it anywhere, like streaming-wise, and I don't own it. But I can't remember if she dies at the end. But like I hope, now she does. Yeah, I hope that they come back, her and Aaron Taylor Johnson, in the in the third one. You know, because they they were one of the cooler parts. But yeah, her her chemistry with Jeremy Renner in the Marvel universe definitely transferred over to Wind River because their scenes together are some of my favorite parts in that movie. And it's also Taylor Sheridan directing, so you really see like her get like his emotion behind those scenes and she does one of the better jobs in those movies if you haven't seen wind river go out and watch wind river right now man a a great trilogy that's not a trilogy sicario hell or high water wind river Uh, yep uh we need to do a a taylor sheridan episode i I would (laughs) love that put a pin in that put a pin Um, in that when his new movie comes out yeah right uh, okay, so now lucky number 13 on our list is 30 years old. Uh, someone who I'm actually uh, a little mad at myself for leaving off my list, but you guys picked up the slack on this one, and that's Bill Skarsgård. Why are you crying? People always make fun because of the way I look. I thought if you couldn't see my face, then maybe you would want to be my friend. Oh, never mind. <laughs> oh, silly old Pennywise. You'll never have no friends. People make fun of me, too. They do? Because of this. Well, isn't that silly? Oh, that little thing. Oh, I can blow that thing right away. You could? Oh, yes. One poof, and it'll be gone. <laughs> oh, you would have to get close enough to see my face. I don't know, Vicky. No, it's okay. I won't make fun. I promise. Promise, promise. Okie dokie. Just come on in a little closer, and we'll blow it away on the count of three. <laughs> One, two, You're supposed to say three. Pennywise himself. Absolutely. I mean, how could you leave him off? I, don't I mean, know. he I was don't the know. clown. Uh, no, yeah, the It movies, uh, The Devil All the Time. Uh, this year in, in 2020. Uh, what I'm really excited about is is the things they carried, uh, the adaptation uh, of, of the one war of, book. One yeah. of my favorite books of all time. Uh, he'll be in that with a great en- ensemble ca- uh, cast. Um, coming out hopefully 2021, 2022, somewhere around there. But uh, again, just a really skilled actor. And, and him as Pennywise, 
you know, at first, like everyone was kind of, you know, how could you, you know, you know it's not Tim Curry, Tim Curry did, blah, blah, yeah. blah, blah, blah. but he really, really makes it his own. Reminds me a lot of another clown when, when Heath Ledger was, was cast as, as the Joker, everyone had, you know, cold feet about it, but proved to be the right actor for it. Yeah. Um, he's really breaking into his own. He kind of just did one thing and then that stumbled into another and then it just kind of dominoed effect. Uh, he was zeitgeist in Deadpool 2, so he's got a little small role there. He can do some funny stuff. Um, Castle Rock on Hulu, that Stephen King, an amalgam of mm-hmm. anthology things going on. Um, and then The Devil All the Time. I, he was one of my favorite parts. He did a really good job of, of troubled younger father uh, coming home from war. And that was awesome to see. Well, and once again, with a lot of these people on our list, he has the pedigree. He's got the family name. Yeah, true. Um, so, yeah, you, you love to see a working family like that. <laughs> um, okay, so now number 12. We're getting close to the top 10 here. Number 12 on our list is 28 years old, and that's another person who doesn't have too um, hefty of an IMDb, but it's John Boyega. And, you know, John Boyega, the first time I ever saw him was Attack the Block. Yep. Uh, and then, of course, you know, he gets pegged in, into the Star Wars universe. Um, and, again, Force Awakens, he you're very, very excited about him. Next two movies, falls a little flat, uh, but uh, probably not his, especially the way he talks about his experience in the Star Wars, um, probably not his fault. Uh, one thing that you love to see is that he was – in Small Axe, uh, the Steve McQueen uh, mini movie series right, that, yeah. that was out on Amazon this year. Um, so hopefully that uh, continues where he does some some high pedigree stuff. Has a movie coming out uh, this year, hopefully, with the aforementioned Bill Skarsgård called Naked Singularity. Yeah. Um, after the Star Wars movies, when I really found Sean Boyega to be a good actor and what got me excited about this guy was a movie he was in. Uh, directed by Catherine Bigelow called Detroit. Hmm. And he's alongside Anthony Mackie, um, a few other small up and coming actors. Those are the two biggest names. Um, but it's a fact-based drama set during the Detroit riots in 67. And it's all about this hotel that people were held up in. And wow. Yeah. I'm looking this up right now. I haven't yeah. seen this. I didn't oh, even yeah. know about this movie. It, this it looks is, really good. That, that's, that's where you see John Boyega is a good actor. And so vastly, underused and underutilized in the star Wars universe. The arc that was supposed to be him becoming a Jedi by the end of it with Ray, like would have been so much better than what we got because this guy's got the chops. And if anything, like those two, like if they had a better experience, those two side by side could have carried the franchise for another two trilogies after that. If they wanted to, I like John Boyega for the fact that he had his experience with Star Wars and now he wants to do more meaningful work. You see him doing that in his personal life, too, um, it, with his activism. There's a great viral video of him giving a super heartfelt speech. And that's when you're like, this is a good dude. He's not some just arrogant actor that got to be in Star Wars. He, not only that, he's a Star Wars fan to get excited to be in Star <laughs> Wars. So that was cool to see. Um but yeah, I think John Boyega has an Im- immensely bright future, and I hope people jump on him and start using him in, in more meaningful projects. Well, now to follow a trend with our next pick, someone who has really gotten their name out there in um, superhero films, but is now looking to break out of that, 
Coming in at number 11, it's 24-year-old Tom Holland. I've been watching your every move for the last couple weeks. You can't get enough of that Reister girl, can you? Is that how you did modeling more, too? Mr. Dressel's boy. Right. Don't do anything you'll regret, son. Why don't you put the gun down and make him talk all about it? Go ahead and talk. Yeah, and again, uh, an excellent Spider-Man on, on, on film, but the thing that has me most excited... Uh, this movie seems to keep coming up, guys. Go watch this movie, The Devil All the Time. Yeah. There have been like four or five movies that we've talked about often that seem to have really handpicked a good young cast. This year, The Devil All the Time is a really, really excellent film, and it's got some great performers in it. Tom Holland is the center of that film. Um, he does really well in that. I'm very, very excited about Cherry. Uh, which is uh, a Russo Brothers uh, uh, production that's hopefully going to be, I think it comes out in a couple weeks on Apple TV. Uh, and, and that's based on, on a book that I've read that is excellent. But he's also got Chaos Walking, another huge IP uh, franchise, Uncharted, um, which could be a, you know, a pseudo Indiana Jones franchise. That's exactly what it is. Um, so we're, you know, we're hoping for success on that cause we love indie. Uh, yeah, the Uncharted movies I am excited for. I was more excited when it was the Mark Wahlberg, Joe Pesci project and not the Tom Holland, Mark Wahlberg project. Oh yeah. Mark Wahlberg was going to be Nathan Drake and Joe Pesci. Mark Wahlberg's still in it as Sully. Uh, yeah, but I'm saying the original one, like way back in the day when he was going to be Nathan Pesci. Drake Pesci and Pesci was going to be in it. Has CGI Pesci? Yeah. This is back when Pesci was still okay and not Irishman Pesci, where he's like, like you know, they had an ambulance on standby. <laughs> <laughs> not to go on a tangent, but have you guys watched the Netflix special about Irishmen when they're all sitting around? It's Pesci, De Niro, Pacino, and Scorsese, and they're all not. sitting at a round table and they're talking. Every other question, Pesci's like, huh? What'd you say? Huh? <laughs> And then he, and then like it'll be this long-winded question, and he'll just be like, "Yeah." <laughs> oh Lord! <laughs> Back to Tom Holland. That is because I even got on a tangent there, but uh, I, I am excited for the Uncharted movies just because he is a young physical actor. He is very like you know he does a lot of the acrobatic stuff for Spider-Man. Um, I I like him as that Spider-Man. He's not my favorite Spider-Man, but I like him as that Spider-Man. Unbelievable, not your favorite Spider-Man. Sorry, dude, Andrew Garfield. Unbelievable that you like that actor. <laughs> when we get off mic, we'll dive into this. <laughs> but uh, uh, Tom Holland uh, in this new role, kind of like the pseudo-Indiana Jones, I think is smart. You get at, at it when he's young, and you just put Steven Spielberg in charge of that. And and then let him pass the torch down to someone else when he gets too old and stops making movies. Because I think we need that adventure movie. I've wanted the Uncharted movie since the game. The games are you're playing a movie. That's what they're just, they're designed to flow that way. Mm-hmm. So I'm I'm very excited for that. And Tom Holland is great because he can do those action styles and then do Devil all the time and do Cherry and kind of go back and forth, do one for you, one for me kind of thing. 
Um, so yeah, I'm excited for Tom. Well, and we'd be remiss to say that he's just now trying to break out of kind of the superhero mold. He got started in a really cool film called The Impossible with Naomi Watts, which mm. is about um, a giant tidal oh, wave. That's right, Ewan McGregor. Yeah, and Ewan McGregor yeah. too. Uh, that's a really good film. I believe it's on Netflix. If you haven't mm-hmm. seen The Impossible, go back and uh, watch that film if you want to see early a, Tom Holland. That's in the midst of the true story of that. It is uh, a true tsunami story. in yeah. uh, Thailand, right? Yeah. yeah. Uh, and then also a film that I haven't seen, but he worked with Ron Howard. And this, I feel like, is just a big miss. I know that it didn't have a lot of success, but In the Heart of the Sea, kind oh, of the, yeah. the Chris Hemsworth, uh, Moby Dick sort mm. of story. I, apparently he was in that film, which I still haven't seen. Also, to and shout out another, one of your films. Yeah, one of my favorite films from, what was it, 2016? I think it was my number one film of For the a year. while there, yeah. Uh, the Lost City of Z. The, the Lost City of Z with Charlie Hunnam. Yeah. And... Uh, Who's the director there? Uh, your guy who directed Ad Astra. Oh, I'm even blanking on that. Uh, James Gray. Yes. Thank you. James yes. Gray. Yeah. Yes. It's yeah. the only. It's like the two things he's done. Yeah. Yeah, and he's you know it's a small role in that, but you know he's still, still good. Yeah. He's got, a, he's got a face, and you know Bobby Pats is in that too. Lost City of Z. Yeah. Shout out to uh, one of our listeners, Merla Donges. Apparently, she loves when we call him Bobby Pats, so we will keep on doing that for you, Merla. Um, he, and he almost made the list. He's only, what, 33, 34? Yeah. Uh, there's he's a, like 35, I think. Oh, is he? Oh. Yeah. There's, there's a couple people uh, who I think we should talk talk about here at the end of at the end of our list, whether mm-hmm. they were um, cut because of just being too old um, or they just didn't make our top 31 yeah, that yeah. we had here because lots of honorable mentions, lots yes. of good young talent. Yeah. Uh, all right. So speaking of young talent, we're getting to the best of the best here. We are into the top 10. And we're going to start it off with an Oscar winner. That's 31-year-old Brie Larson. So Brie won the Best Actress uh, Academy Award for her role in the 2015 film Room. And then on top of that, you know, talk about somebody who has been in different uh, universes, tapped into big tentpole franchises, but who has um, shown the propensity to carry a small independent film. That's Brie Larson. You know, somebody else who we could have had on this list, Jennifer Lawrence, Mm -hmm. who I, you know, I just said we'll save some people for the end. I think these two are going to kind of be handcuffed together their entire careers. You know, I'm sure that a lot of the same roles um, that J-Law goes for, Brie Larson's going to be going for. So right. it's going to be interesting to see how their those two careers play out for the next 20 to 30 years. I, I agree with that. I think that between the caliber of the two is no contest in favor of Brie. And that's I, why she's on our list in J-Law. Ex- exactly. But um, I, it's almost a, a sad thing for me because I think she's such a better actress and she shows it in almost every role she's in. Minus Captain Marvel, and that's because of studios and not because... I would it. say minus Con Skull Island, too. Dude, she's great in that movie. Uh, she's... For that movie, she's good. <laughs> I like her, I like her in the movie. But Room is is phenomenal. Um, and then going back to Scott Pilgrim vs. the World. I was she, just going to say. When yep. she pops up on screen, she like she's she's good. She's just good in everything she's in. I, I want to throw out her, her role in uh, Just Mercy. That, oh yeah, uh, oh, which yeah. is a Michael B. Jordan, Jamie Fox vehicle. Uh, she plays a supporting role in that, and she's she's excellent in it. The first time I ever saw her was Twenty One Jump Street. I was just about to say, yeah. And I just uh, Haley and I just went back and rewatched that film over New Year's, and I just forgot about how angelic she is in that movie, and how you know when you go back and watch that movie. It's apparent that this person, kind of, you know, Jennifer Lawrence didn't really have an intro like that where she was just in a slapstick stupid funny movie 
but to see Brie Larson uh, kind of show her her acting chops in uh, in a goofball movie, mm-hmm. you know, another film that we've already talked about a few times with Dakota Johnson. Um, but yeah, Twenty One Jump Street was kind of my introduction to her, and it, I really liked that film. It takes some really good acting for me to give a shit about a character in high school, and they do that in that movie, and she knocks it out of the park as that character. And then apparently also, she's in Trainwreck. I've never seen Trainwreck. I don't. Oh yeah, she's uh, Amy Schumer's sister that has like her life together, and her sister's always giving her yeah. the advice. Yeah, no, she's great in that. She's she's a great character device in yeah. that movie to drive the the plot. And she, yeah, she's like I said, she's good in everything. The big thing is she's won a golden statue. Already, she, she has yep. an Oscar already. Room. Yep. Shout out Room. Uh, and also Jacob Tremblay in Room. Somebody who you know is you should be watching out for. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um. Okay, so now once now that we've cracked the top ten, let's let's get into the nitty gritty here and give these people a little bit more time. Letitia Wright comes in at number nine. She's twenty seven years old, and talk about range. I mean, this girl has kind of done it all already. I, I yeah. think we should start with Black Panther and her role in the Marvel universe, and then we can go on to her other things. But one of one of the bright spots, uh, I mean, of, of the Marvel universe and the future of the Marvel universe. Yeah. Uh, you know, unfortunately, with with the sad death of an uh, unexpected death of, of Chadwick Boseman, it sounds like Letitia Wright will probably be picking up the Black Panther mantle. Oh, Kevin okay. Feige was just in an interview saying that Black Panther Two will not have Chadwick Boseman in either archive footage or CGI, mm-hmm. so they're going to just move on from that. And they said it's going to dive more into the subculture and other character worlds of Wakanda. And I think it's a no-brainer that Shuri is going to just be the forefront and lead lead that. So absolutely, and, and then also another person who was in uh, Steve McQueen's uh, movie miniseries. Yeah, Small she was great in Mangrove. She yeah. really like in the second half of that movie just steals every single scene. Probably She's kind of the focal gonna, point. Probably going to get a nom. I, I believe she will. Yeah. yeah. Uh, she's got a future project, which is the pseudo sequel to Murder on the or- Orient Death Express, on the Death on the Nile. Um, so she's getting a little range as far. I really as hope that. we get that movie in 2021. Here. Yeah, yeah, I, yeah. I would, I would love to see. That. She, the first time I saw her, and so when I saw her in Black Panther, I immediately clicked back to this was uh, her role in one of the episodes of Black Pan- uh Black Mirror. Mm. And is she. Won an Emmy for that. Yeah, or, or got nominated at nominated, least. Nominated, yeah, um, yeah. And that's one of the best episodes of Black Mirror, one of the better written ones, and she just gives an amazing performance because of the duality of what is going on with her character. And uh, I think that's when I first was like, okay, it's it's hard to say someone's a good actor in the Marvel Universe because it's so just spoon-fed, there it is on screen, not a lot of character emotion. But then, it, not saying performances are bad, but then you see these actors in more well-written roles and you're like, oh shit, you're a good actor. And that was for me for Letitia Wright. Uh, a movie that I actually just watched that she's in for the first time. Uh, was Ready Player One, which is an extremely I found an extremely fun watch, and she's in that as well. Spielberg, yeah, she, yeah, she's red. That's right. Yeah. yeah. Um, okay, and so now moving on to number eight is twenty-four-year-old Emmy winner Zendaya, and now Zendaya, of course, gets her big break back on the Disney Channel show Shake It Up. Uh, her and Bella Thorne, and we all know who's won that. Um, <laughs> Future career contest between those two. Bella Thorne, I believe, is making money on OnlyFans. And Zen- Never heard that name before and, in my and, life. And, Z- and Zendaya is taking home uh, Emmys. 
Uh, of course, you won an Emmy for the HBO show Euphoria, which I just can't recommend enough. Uh, last year, she had a great acceptance speech. Yeah, she just had her whole living room going crazy with her when she won. And she was a real dark horse to win that year, too. So it was awesome that she got recognized. Of course, you guys know her best from the Spider-Man franchise. Yeah, she's the new MJ. Uh, a cool, cool new take on the character. Obviously, it's she's one of the indicators that this universe is not the classic Spider-Man universe because she's Michelle, not Mary Jane. She's a completely different character, but she's awesome and a great uh, character for this Spider-Man. They have great chemistry, especially in the second one. Um, Like I said, it takes, it takes good acting to make me give a shit about high schoolers and, and far from home does that. And the, you know, the MJ Peter relationship, Uh, she had a great uh, performance in the greatest showman. Her and uh, Michelle Williams yeah, were kind of the two female leads a- in that. Absolutely. She's got a great uh, number dance scene with uh, Zac Efron where she does a bunch of aerial rope stuff, and she did a lot of it herself. So she's a very physical um, actress. She had a small role in the OA. Um, and then I know, like, like you know, we can't – we're talking about actors, so we can, I feel like we can bring up TV, but Euphoria is just – Right. She's phenomenal. Oh, absolutely. Yeah. I, I, think, I think encompassing all roles, small screen or big screen, I think we've been doing that the whole time. So, yeah, yeah. Yeah. yeah, but Euphoria really, I think. Well, she's shows... a triple. Th- she's a triple threat though, because she can sing too. Oh, she absolutely. can sing. Yeah. And, and and hey, man, she's she's a one name gal. Hello, I mean, yeah. Beyonce, Madonna, Cher, Cher. We were going through this earlier. Zendaya, Zendaya. I mean, that's one of four. Uh, and what has me really excited is, is Malcolm and Marie. Yes, uh, with John David Washington coming up, and Dune, which I think. Obviously, we're all very, very much looking forward. Yeah. I mean, Dune's going to put her on. She's going to go into the next. She's going to go into the stratosphere after Dune, where it's just yeah. she's going to be everywhere after that film. Uh, all right, so now uh, it's funny we're getting down to it. Most of these people now on our list, going back to uh, Letitia and Zendaya, have either been nominated or already won an award. This is one of two people in our top seven who hasn't, but I have a sneaking suspicion. That that'll change after the next Golden Globes because uh, number seven is Anya Taylor Joy. She's 24 years old. Help me get out of here, Hedwig. Just get me the keys and let me out the door. Please. Miss Patricia says that nobody will make fun of me anymore when the beast comes. She says that everyone will see how amazing I am and that all of the silly mistakes, they won't matter anymore. I, I think you should go back to your room. Of course, she's just taken the world by storm recently because of the Queen's Gambit. But we all have loved her for a long time, Max. You the and I witch. especially because of the witch. That's right. Um, but yeah, so let's spend let's spend a good amount of time talking about her because I think I, we've kind of had her... We've had our eye on her for a minute here. Well, I mean, ever ever since the witch. And then, and then she does split. Um, and and becomes kind of a a scream queen right away. Definitely. Um, and and she's someone who who has really stayed away. F- even well, I guess never mind. No, she was in, and then she was in an X Men movie, which we d- probably don't have to talk about. Um, Are you talking about the New Mutants? Nope. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Not need to talk about. That. Um, but yeah, I mean, as far as staying away from like a big franchise, franchise. it's hard to call Split and um, what is the other one? Glass. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, yeah, it's an M. Night Shyamalan kind of universe or whatever. But, but yes, someone who has stuck to some pretty auteur driven visions, at least. Absolutely. And then she's got more with Robert Eggers uh, coming out, The Northman. She's got Last Night in Soho with Edgar Wright. 
uh, and Furiosa with George Miller. So three huge directors there have pegged her for their next project. And she's worked with some some of my favorite actors. She was with Cillian Murphy and Pe- Peaky Blinders. She I was, was just going to say Peaky Blinders. She she's great for six that. episodes. Yeah. Um, so you know that she can really carry a character. Um, and I think the thing I'm most excited for um, because of the Queen's Gambit, seeing her range in that, is Furiosa. Adding some depth to that character in that world, I think she's great for that. And I, I'm, I like her a lot. I thought she was one of the best parts of uh, Split, Glass, and you know, take it or I can take it or leave it. Best thing about Glass, yeah, yeah, no, sure. oh, absolutely. Um, but Split was just phenomenal from beginning to end, and she was a great, great part of that. And uh, I'm excited for her. Go she, watch The Witch, though. Yes. Yeah, if you haven't, yes. if you want to see the origins. Yeah, if for somehow you haven't seen the witch, her screen presence in that is incredible. Uh, just her overall vibe, I feel like as an actress, she's got really big round eyes, which which can convey a lot as an actor. Uh, especially, you know, we're going to talk about somebody here coming up who might have the best set of eyes in Hollywood right now. Um, but yeah, uh, Anya Taylor Joy, definitely someone to watch. Um, and to go back and revisit her other her other projects that she's already done. Did you mention last night in Soho? Max Max brought it okay, up briefly, okay, but yeah, yeah. yeah, she's going to be the lead in that. Um, all right, so now on to someone who has already been the lead of many many Oscar nominated films. That is twenty six year old Saoirse Ronan. And now, as far as somebody who maybe feels too low on this list. It could be Saoirse Ronan, but that just tells you the talent that we still have to come here. So, yeah, let's let's talk about the uh, Academy Award-nominated actress here for a while. She's actually been nominated five times already. Five fucking times, and she's number six? Yeah. She's got to be higher on this list. She's in – we are witnessing her prime and maybe the birth of Meryl Streep 2.0. I mean, to have five noms already is insane. Absolutely or or four, excuse me. Four, four, well, yeah, excuse four me. Oscar nominations. Four Oscar nominations. Yeah. Um, by 26 is is wild. It's just, it's just you don't see that. Um, and, she, and she's a wonderful performer. I, I remember, I think the first thing I ever saw her in, um, I, I think, was Brooklyn. For me, it was Atonement. Atonement, yeah. Yeah. I remember seeing Brooklyn. She goes Brooklyn. toe-to-toe with Keir Knightley and James McAvoy in that movie. Yeah. And right then and there, I was just like... You know, blew my blew my wig off. I was just yeah. like, wow. Yeah, she's the focal point in Brooklyn. I remember seeing that at the Grand, uh, not knowing what that was and, or, you know, just going in blind. And, and she's absolutely wonderful in that. Um, but then she follows it up with Lady Bird, the Grand Budapest Hotel, Little Women. Budapest was back in 14, actually, before Brooklyn. Oh, excuse yeah. me. But then that must be the first thing uh, I saw. Yeah, probably, right? yeah. yeah. Yeah, I mean, uh, for me, it was Lovely Bones, obviously. Mm. That was, like, the big breakout that I saw her in. And then right after that, she was in uh, Hannah, which is that story of a child assassin. Mm-hmm. And she did some great action stuff in that that's so good that it has now spawned an Amazon show years later. It's kind of odd she doesn't get pegged as as some big franchise yeah. IP after after Hannah, right? Right. I mean, and I think that's because she starts going the Lady Bird you know, Grand Budapest, she starts going the, I want to win an Oscar rather than I want to make money. And you got to respect that in a young actress where she's choosing quality over quantity, so to speak. And, uh, I mean, the future for her holds no goddamn limits. She, I think you nailed it on the head. She's Meryl Streep 2.0. I think we're going to be in our sixties and seventies and she's still going to be pumping out movies. 
And so I think why is she number six? I was just about to say, you know, it's it's tough. I mean, let's see. I I I will say that yes, it does seem low. Looking at the top five, I only see one person I would rank her really above. There's one person I'd put in six instead of her, but we'll get to that later. Well, this is this is cool. This is why we did a collective a collective list and why we're kind of talking things out because personally, for you, Grant, she was number thirteen. Uh, for me, she was six, and then Max, you had her number one. At number, you did have her at number one. So yeah, we're good. witnessing MJ. <laughs> um, just to go back to uh, the films that she's been nominated for, it was Best Supporting Actress for *The Atonement*, uh, uh, Best Performance by an Actress in a Leading Role for *Brooklyn* and *Lady Bird* and *Little Women*. So *Lady Bird* and *Little Women*, especially, she's got that connection going with Greta Gerwig. I wouldn't be surprised if those two team up a handful more of times in their career. Um, I actually just watched those two movies for the first time back to back last night: *Lady Bird* and *Little Women*. And she's phenomenal in those movies. I mean, the energy that she has in *Lady Bird*. Uh, *Lady Bird's* one of those where it's not like I just didn't know about it. It's kind of one that I just had been waiting to watch, and I'm so happy that I watched it when I did. Um, with with the mindset that I had going into it, just just a heartbreakingly funny movie was Lady Bird, uh, and yeah, she probably would have been a part of uh, an Oscar winning screenplay if not for the performance of our number five pick, which is thirty one year old Daniel Kaluuya, and this is what I'm talking about. Who, for my money, has the most expressive eyes and possibly face in Hollywood, and of course. Kind of leaning on just one film here, but everyone knows him from Get Out. And when he has that scene with Catherine Keener and he goes into the sunken place, I think everybody got put on notice. They're just like, holy crap, this guy is a phenomenal actor. He gets nominated for that film. Uh, of course, he was in Sicario before then. Mm-hmm. So here, here's another person, Taylor Sheridan, mm-hmm. who obviously knows how to tap into young talent. Uh, but yeah, what do you guys think about Daniel at number five? I mean, uh, someone who's... Who's really exploded and 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 great, uh, great success will will continue to happen for this guy. Um, just a real skilled performer. Uh, I remember seeing him for the first time in Sicario and being like, "Who's that guy?" Yeah, he With the super bad line. <laughs> who's <laughs> that guy? He's yeah. gonna be he's gonna be something. And um, you know, seeing him uh, grow out of that, and, and then go into Get Out, and 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 become a pop icon. Uh, he's got a small part in Black Panther. Of of course, uh, he was also in Widows with Steve. You know, the Steve McQueen uh, uh, directed vehicle, which again we've mentioned multiple times on this podcast. Steve um, McQueen having an eye for talent. Yeah, yep. absolutely. But yeah, he's he's wonderful, and he's he's gonna win a. He's going to win an Oscar. There's a there's a small little movie he was in. I guess it wasn't too small, but it's on HBO right now called Queen and Slim. Mm. And it's kind of like a new age Bonnie and Clyde. But, you know, this young black couple get into a, an altercation with a racist cop. They end up killing the cop and then go on the run. The dialogue and Daniel's delivery in that was same thing, Sicario. I was like, mm-hmm. who's this guy? And then seeing him and Get Out was like, all right, this guy's great. And then it's Marvel. And then it's, you know, a cu- you know, a couple small things. And then seeing him do this, like, this guy could do Aaron Sorkin, no problem. <laughs> this guy has, like, great just feed-off dialogue. There's this great scene in the beginning where it's they're on a first date, him and this girl. And just, like, 
you could tell neither of them are having a good time. And just the, how, the banter, the questions going back and forth. I was like, Daniel is a fantastic actor. And I, I, he's, he's going to win an Oscar. By the What's time I uh, in Queen and Slim? Cause I've yet to see that. That's, mm-hmm. uh, that's uh, on my watch list. I've always really wanted to watch that movie. Um, what's, does he have an accent in that film or does he do American? He's, he's American. Yeah. So they're, they're in Detroit. Yeah. So the crazy thing about Daniel Kaluuya is if you look up an interview with him, he is almost impossible to understand. This guy's so British. I, <laughs> oh yeah. Oh yeah. I'm not kidding. Well, yeah, uh, Black Mirror is where you got to start, and you really hear that accent. Where like that's one of the first episodes, and I had to watch it with subtitles. <laughs> it, it's crazy the difference between his speaking voice and the American accent that he can do in films. And so when I went back and rewatched Get Out for this podcast, that was something that just blew me away because the first time you see Get Out, you don't really know anything about him as the person. You you would just think that he was you yeah. know an, an East Coast American kid or whatever, um, and and yeah okay, just to spend two seconds on Get Out. If you haven't gone back and watched Get Out recently, in the wake of everything that we've just lived in 2020, um, you know, and if if you want a little bit of hope, kinda going forward, you want to be able to root for the good guys. Go back and watch Get Out because that movie, oh my God, doesn't it doesn't miss a beat. Uh, it stars another person who we're going to, well, in a supporting role, another person who we're going to talk about here in a second, but another guy, Jordan Peele, who has a great eye for young talent, mm-hmm. uh, get out is just such a fun watch, but yeah. Anything else we want to say about Daniel here before we move on? I was like, this is a perfect segue. Yeah. yeah. Uh, so let's just do that now. Number four on our list is 29 year old Lakeith Stanfield. They were asking me about the African-American experience. Maybe you could take this one. Oh, well, well. I find that the African-American experience for me has been, for the most part, very good. Although I find it difficult to go into detail as I haven't had much desire to leave the house in a while. (laughs) (laughs) We've become such homebodies. Yes, yes, yes. But even when you go into the city, I've just had no interest. The chores have become my sanctuary. Get out. Sorry, man. Okay. Get out! Yo! Yo! Chill, man. Chill! And this is a name who, he's number one on my list. He was all in our uh, top sevens. But then also to um, someone who, when we say that name, when you hear that name, you might not know who we're talking about. I had a few people ask who was going to be number one on my list. And when I told them it was Lakeith, they had they just gave me a, the most puzzled look. Who is that? And then as soon as I showed them uh, his IMDb page, his, you know, they saw his yeah. face. They were like, oh, that guy. I know him from this and that and this and that. Um, and so, yeah, in Get Out, he's kind of the guy who's bumbling around through the suburbs. The beginning of the film's talking to himself, some incredible dialogue. And then absolutely steals the movie when he shows back up, you know, whitewashed <laughs> in, in the club in uh, you know, kind of the get up at the party, at the bingo party. And oh, my God, his his delivery. He yeah. says, get out. He, he's the one that <laughs> yeah. says, get out. Yeah, he's the Leo meme when you're, yeah. point, when you're pointing no. at the TV. Um, but yeah, Lakeith Stanfield, we can run through his IMDb, uh, here because I think that if you don't know who we're talking about, we're about to list off a ton of movies and you're going to be like, Oh, that guy. The one that, that super, uh, stands out to me is sorry, not to, uh, sorry to bother you. I was waiting for someone to bring this up. Yeah. And such a good small, you know, kind of a small indie film. So underrated. I feel like 
the year it came out. I don't know if it got it, any sort it, of award love. It was in my top five of 2018. Oh, it, just it is it is a phenomenal, spectacular phenomenal film, and he is the lead and the central point of that, and does an excellent, excellent job. Yeah, he's got some early roles in uh, Selma. Um, he's in The Purge, Anarchy. Um, there's a great movie in 2015 called uh, Dope. I've seen Dope. Dope is phenomenal. Yeah, and he, yeah. he has a small role in that bug. Um, the main person is the guy who does the voice of Miles Morales in uh, mm. Into the Spider-Verse. Um, but yeah, he has he like he's got some good small roles early on. He's in Snowden. Uh, he's in Straight Outta Compton as Snoop Dogg. Yeah, he is, yeah. isn't he? Is yeah. he? Holy yep. shit. Yeah. yeah. Um, but then, yeah, he does Get Out. And then um, something that I think uh, that a lot of people know him from is it, the show um, Atlanta. Atlanta, mm-hmm. yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. Which is a great uh, ensemble. Yeah. Young, as as young Darius. Actors as well. Yeah. Um, um, go ahead. Not Knives Out. Knives Out is the lieutenant. Yeah. Most yeah. recently, I feel like it's been Knives Out and Uncut, Unc- Gems, Uncut Gems that Uncut have Gems. really put him. He's one on of those. The map. Even yeah. if you haven't seen the movie, just in the trailer, he's uh-huh. like, Are "You crazy man!" Like that, like, you know who he is. <laughs> yeah, just yeah. From, yeah. What you call it? yeah, he's the one that calls yeah. Adam Sandler the Black Jew or whatever. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, no, Lakeith Stanfield, somebody who uh, you know his, he's kind of been pegged as is. It's it's funny too because. Right now, I feel like he's one of the safer bets to have in your movie. You get Lakeith in your movie, and whether he's the lead or the a role like he has in Get Out, whatever his part is, he's going to carry that part of the movie, and it's just going to elevate the film. The thing I'm most excited for for this guy is one of the next projects he's in, besides Judas and the Black Messiah. It, this is when we're going to really see him branch out of what he's been doing. He's going to be the title character in a movie called Yusuke. And it is the story of the one and only African samurai in feudal Japan, where he is a warrior that washes up in Japan and then gets taught by the samurai. And it, like, if you just just look up stories of Yusuke and it's some badass shit. So we're gonna see Lakeith get some action coming in. So I think this guy is. It's why I had him so high on my list. Like, wow. this guy's got a bright future of multiple things and then like he did this uh romantic movie the photograph with uh, Issa Rae yeah like this the guy's got range the guy can do anything uh so yeah Judas and the Black Messiah we're going to talk about that on um our next episode but that also is with Daniel Kaluuya so they have the reunion from Get Out and Mm -hmm. they're going to be the two male leads in that film but then he has another movie coming out um it's in post-production right now The Harder They Fall which hopefully comes out 2021, which is written and directed by Jamie Samuel. And that's got an incredible African-American cast with Regina King, Idris Elba himself, uh, Delroy Lindo, who a lot of people know from the five bloods from this past year. So yeah, it's, he's already been, uh, he's Max and I were joking earlier. He's been a, that guy for a while, a household face, Yeah. but pretty soon the name Lakeith is going to be almost, um, synonymous with with just a great great actor you know there is no but there's pretty soon there is going to be no other lakeith you can just say that one name and people are going to (laughs) know yeah yeah uh okay so we're kind of on a run of dudes right here before we get to uh (laughs) before we get to our our top our top two but coming in at number three i'm sure you've all been waiting for us to say this name but it's 25 year old timothy is this clam clamamet Clamame, yeah. is Cla- that how you pronounce Clamame. it? Clamame, <laughs> Timothy Clamame. No, it's it's Timothy Chalamet. Um, what can we say about Timothy Chalamet that hasn't already been said? 
Uh, not a whole lot. I mean, uh, again, another another kid who who was tapped very early as like this is the next Leo DiCaprio, right? Um, and he proves that with with everything from from Interstellar, yep. uh, when he's very young, to Call Me by Your Name, when which he gets, he gets the Oscar nominated. nominated for Best yep. Actor. Yep, he's also in Lady Bird. He's also going to be in a Wes Anderson movie coming up. He's also going to be in fucking Dune as. The main character. My my favorite performance is in a Netflix movie where he's opposite our boy Robbie Paths in The King, and he does a great job of a. I have yet to watch that. It's it, it's it's long. It's it's a it's a slow burn, but it's if you want to see some good actors act really really well. To in my personal opinion, it's Chalamet's best performance mm. uh, from what I've seen. Um, he does a great job of this smart ass kid that doesn't want to be king, and then just and like the. The king, his dad doesn't want him to be king, and then all of a sudden he's put in this position, and he just fucking rocks it. There is a really good scene of him giving a speech right before they run into battle. Um, it's like the battle scenes are no Game of Thrones, but the like, the world immersion is really good, and Chalamet is part of that. Him and Robbie Pats do a really good job of like drawing you into that time period. How's Robbie Pats's accent work? <laughs> I'll let you be the judge of that. <laughs> it's I mean Chalamet is great, and then Robbie Pats is there. But oh, Ro- but Robbie Pats okay. is good. You okay. get you get past. I gotta watch it. You get past the weird accent pretty quick. It, no, it, I want yeah, I want crazy weird accent. It's, it's it's more it's mostly him just being a king talking normal, but you know, so he's just a little over the top. But it's yeah. it's, it's it's no uh, devil all the time. <laughs> so yeah, I think Interstellar is really where we all were introduced to him, and even if we didn't know what the future held for him, we knew there was something. And then I just want to talk about this run that he goes on in 2017 because he does Call Me by Your Name, gets nominated for the Oscar, does a lesser-known A24 film called Hot Summer Nights, mm-hmm. which is really really cool. Where he basically it takes place like in the uh, late 80s, and he just like slangs some weed um, for like kind of the Cape Cod crowd. Um, really cool. Just kind of like, I wouldn't call it garbage crime, but it's like, it's like recycle crime. Um, <laughs> cause it, cause it's Timothy Chalamet. It's pretty lighthearted the entire time, but a real fun, easy watch. And then obviously Lady Bird. So he can work with a Greta Gerwig script uh, and he makes that apparent. And then he's also in Hostels, the Christian Bale, uh, Western oh, right. that, yes. that comes yeah. out that year. So that's, that's just a really good movie. That's a phenomenal four film expose. Um, in one year to put out just being in those movies. And then uh, we haven't talked about beautiful boy yet with Steve Carell, where he plays opposite him. I've yet to see that film, but I know that that was highly regarded. I don't want to watch it. It's going to make me cry. Uh, Yeah. That's kind of the reason why I've stayed away from it (laughs) as well. Um, And then he reunites with Greta Gerwig uh, with little women. And I was telling Max earlier, and we're going to talk about somebody else who's in that film coming up here, but there are scenes where it's Emma Watson on screen, Saoirse Ronan on screen, Timothy Chalamet on screen, uh, you know, Meryl Streep's in that movie, Lord Dern's in that movie, and he's one of the few people that can steal a scene from all those other great, great actors. So you really see that this guy has some chops. Max, you talked about the Wes Anderson film, The French Dispatch, that he's going to be in. And then also, too, if you haven't seen his uh, most recent hosting job on SNL, Pretty spectacular. Pretty stuff. spectacular stuff. He's the a- Jets fan <laughs> skit is uh, up there as like some of the best stuff. Yeah, in twenty twenty. Um, yeah, it really is. I, I almost feel like they 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 jinxed the Jets because after that sketch, then the Jets won their first game. Uh, so I don't know exactly how Jets fans feel about old Timmy <laughs> right now, but I'm sure they're not too happy. Um, but yeah, Timothy Chalamet. It's a, it's just a matter of time again until this guy wins an Academy Award as well. 
Uh, I like what you said earlier. I hadn't really heard that yet, but he is sort of like the next Leo. Yeah, yeah, he he, he definitely is, and it's so interesting to see like a lot of these up and or a lot of these young performers kind of working together on different stuff. Like I, I don't think that was much of a thing back in the day. Maybe there were there were a lot of friends off screen where it'd almost be surprising that you see them hanging out, but then now we see a lot of people working it, together. It's almost together. like they like have some sort of you know they can pull some strings to get their buddy the job and or. They just work really well together. Right. Like they elevate each other. Yeah. Exactly. I, I would definitely say that him and Sir Ronan absolutely elevate yeah. each other on screen and, and, and well and throw Lucas Hedges in there too. Definitely, absolutely. And and working with someone like Greta Gerwig, who, you know, if we ever do a directors under forty or I don't know exactly how old she is or something. Or just but directors in general. Just directors in general, yeah. As far as, you know, we've already touched on this a lot, but there are certain people who just have an eye for talent like yeah. this, you know, who have made our list. All right, so let's clear out for the women now. Yeah. Our our top two picks here. Uh, someone else who we feel like has been under 30, the age of 31. Max, you especially. I Okay, <laughs> listen, I didn't even check. I thought for sure she was over 31. And she's only four days older than me. I had no idea. So she wasn't even on my list. And she's not even 31. She's 30 years old. She's 30. And that is Academy. Three zero. That's Academy Award nominated actress Margot Robbie. Uh, Grant, I'll let you start this conversation yeah. because it's Harley Quinn. She's it, a girl. And, that, and that's the best way to put it. She is Harley Quinn. She's one of the few comic book movie actresses or actors to really... How'd you feel about her losing the award that year for that film? No. no. <laughs> just kidding, just kidding. <laughs> um, but, like, like, she brings that character to screen better than anyone could. And you realize that the second you hear her speak, the second you see her on screen. Um, she's just a commanding force. And, I mean, range, range, range is all we're talking about. I mean, she breaks onto the scene with the Wolf of Wall Street. In she, 2013, so to think that she was only 23, going toe-to-toe with Leo in that movie. Right. Yeah. Um, and she, you know, she gets the Oscar nom for I, Tanya. She goes on to do a, what was mostly a bust, but, like, at the at that point in her career, to go from Wolf of Wall Street to a what was supposed to be a blockbuster with Will Smith and Focus. I mean, like the... I kind of like Focus. Yeah. It's a great movie. Yeah, yeah. No, it's not bad. But I get it's what like, you're saying. It, it, it bombed. Like, yeah. It was supposed to yes. be bigger. But like, she just has this track record um, to the point of they can disband most of an entire cinematic universe for comics, but they save her and be like, we're putting all of our chips in one basket. Um, she, another physical actress, did a lot of her stunts working with the stunt coordinator from John Wick on Birds of Prey. So she is just a fucking badass. She's uh, She is great in Once Upon a Time in Hollywood. She's a cinephile herself. She's a huge Tarantino fan before that. She walked down the aisle to the true romance theme. So she's just a person, like when we talk about someone you think you can have a beer with, like Margaret Roberts seems just like a down-to-earth badass chick that you'd want to have a beer with. Not to mention that she's probably one of the most gorgeous women on the planet. But she's a she's a phenomenal actress. I'm really excited to see what she does. I hope she continues acting because she seems like one of those that will eventually stop early in her career and do something else because she's a cool person. Well, I, I don't think you have any worry about that because looking at her future projects, we've got Babylon, which is the next Damien Chazelle project, mm-hmm. then an untitled David O. Russell project, and a project called Barbie, which is going to be <laughs> based on... Barbie, yeah. but directed by Gerda, uh, Greta Gre- Gerwig. Greta Gerwig. And she's the title character. And yeah. written by Noah Baumbach. 
Yeah. So and then, again, working with excellent, excellent people. And Greta and Noah are in a relationship. Hell. Yeah. And to, and talk about just building a legacy early on. They are talking about rebooting in a sense or just doing a different series in the Pirates of the Caribbean universe. And with that project, she is the only person attached and they don't even have a story. They just know that they want her to lead it. And so I think yeah. she I think she's going to be one of those two carry franchises and also be able to step into the Oscar realm. One for you, one for me kind of thing. I and like that. Yeah. And I think she's already doing that and she's great at it. Yeah, so she was nominated as well, not only for I, Tanya, but last year for Bombshell as well. Mm. And so she's got two nominations to her credit already at age 30. But then, yeah, I mean, I feel... And she was fantastic in that. I don't know if you guys have seen Bombshell. That was one of those movies mm, I watched I with my parents it. during lockdown. Yeah. And it was like one of those, like, I want to watch a movie about fucking Fox News. And then it was it was pretty captivating. And mostly just because of Charlize Theron and Margot Robbie. Yeah. Nicole Kidman, of course, is Nicole Kidman. But Margot Robbie does a great job. Uh, and then, yeah, I mean, we talked a little bit about Tarantino, but just her performance in Once Upon a Time in Hollywood, it, it's its really rare. I don't know how many actresses could pull off the feet of when the camera's... Uh, the feet. <laughs> True, yeah. Good one. Uh, that was a really good one, actually. For those who don't know, Quentin Tarantino has a foot fetish. Um, but no, it's, it's, it's really cool because when the camera's off of Leo and then it goes to Brad, you're kind of like, okay, cool. Now I get some Brad action. But... Then when the camera goes off of Leo and off of Brad and you go to Margot Robbie, the Sharon Tate character, I wasn't anxious at all to get back to Leo or Brad. I was fine watching her go to the movie theater and just be like, yeah, that's me on the poster being goofy, kind of being awkward, which I don't know how many actresses could have pulled that off to where you were just like, all right, this is fun. This is cool for like five minutes, but get me back to Leo or get me back to Brad Pitt. I was totally fine with Margot Robbie having... 20 minutes to herself, 30 minutes to herself in that film. And and also, you know, definitely a, a quieter performance for her. I, I think Quentin, Quentin got some, some flack about how, like, she says something like 14 lines in the whole movie, but she doesn't really need to have she, any lines. Like, she, she portrays physical acting really, really well. She's, you know, she's the colliding train. She's, you know, we're focused on this train moving, and we know the accident is coming, but she's, you know, we're watching the other train get to the... To the accident, so mm-hmm. to speak. Um, in that movie specifically, especially in the scenes where you see how they superimpose Leo into archive footage, for her to, in that small amount of time, really embody Sharon Tate to the point when she's in the movie theater and she's watching, quote unquote, herself, but they just have actual Sharon Tate on screen. Right. It took me until the end of the scene to be like, okay, that is Sharon Tate. Cause I kind of be like, is it Margot? Is it Sharon? Is it Margot? And she does a really good job of, especially those parts where she starts saying the lines in the seat. Like it, I, with having, the feet up. Yeah. With the feet up, of course. <laughs> but for having only 14 lines, that movie theater scene, and then the very end scene of her coming down pregnant as hell after all these murders and her just talking to Leo in that short exchange. It's a fantastic performance. She's one of those people where you could give her 14 minutes or you can give her you know, the entire two hours. And like you said, you're not going to be anxious to get back to the other story if there is one. I, I think there's a reason why she's number two. And uh, so shout out real quick to to Australia. She's an Australian-born actress. And I believe she got her start like in soaps. She was a soap actress mm. over there and then made the transition uh, 
to yeah the hollywood big screen and that was seamless you know yeah i've never seen like a bad youtube reel of some acting performances you know from that (laughs) soap or anything like that so you know she's got a lot of respect within the industry she's only 30 years old nominated for two oscars already it's only going to be a matter of time before she walks across that stage which leads us to our number one actor under the age of 31 who we've talked about on this podcast before is it's only a matter of time for her as well before she walks across that stage to claim a golden statue. And that is, she's already been nominated for one as well. It's Oscar nominee, 25 year old Florence Pugh. I'm a failure. Joe is in New York being a writer and I'm a failure. That's quite a statement to make it 20. Well, Rome took all the vanity out of me and Paris made me realize I'd never be a genius, so I'm giving up all my foolish artistic hopes. Why should you give up, Amy? You have so much talent Talent and, and isn't genius. And no amount of energy can make it so. I want to be great or nothing, and I will not be some commonplace dauber, and I don't intend to try anymore. Congratulations. You're number one in our hearts here <laughs> on Excuse the Intermission. Uh, so Florence Pugh has a pretty limited filmography, but I think we just are all taken aback by her presence on screen. She's got 21 acting credits to her name, first one dating back to 2014. So she's only been a part of the cultural zeitgeist for a little while here, but she really gets her start in Lady Macbeth back in 2016 and then dabbles in some garbage crime with Liam Neeson in The Commuter in 2018. <laughs> um, but then it's really in 2018 and 2019 where she starts hitting on some good stuff, most notably Midsommar in 2019, working with Ari Aster. And from then on, it, I mean, I feel like she should have gotten nominated for that film. And then from there, she goes to Little Women, which she gets her Academy Award nomination for Supporting Actress, which is great. I was telling Max earlier in in watching Little Women for the first time, she is the actor in that film who, when all the other women, when Timothy Chalamet's on screen, Chris Cooper's in that movie as well, when all these other, Laura Dern, when all these other actors are on screen in that movie, it's Florence Pugh, who, the moment she says something, you know, as the audience, you're just like, I want more of that. I want more of her, which is just phenomenal because you think about all the people who are in that movie. Um, So, yeah, Florence Pugh, we love her. And this also goes into what's next for them. Uh, And you guys can kind of talk about that because. Well, well, don't skip over the little drummer girl. Oh, because that is an excellent miniseries. I've not seen that. uh, That that introduces Florence Pugh, I think, to at least, uh, you know, the 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 screen heads uh, out there. Um, and then she go- gets uh, Midsummer, which blows oh, so that's her up. A B- that's a BBC mm-hmm. series, yeah. The Little Drummer Girl, okay. Uh, Little Women, uh, of course. But then, yeah, looking forward. I mean, she's entering. So now, someone. This is someone who has who has kind of won us over with these indie darlings, right? And 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 has a great screen presence. But now she is transitioning to a big IP, and I hope. I hope it doesn't take up too much of her time because I want her to keep doing stuff like Midsummer or or Little Women. You know, keep working with Greta and Ari, and or maybe do another series like Little Drummer Girl because she carries that whole series um, and does a bit of action in it as well. Yeah, um, but as Max said, her stepping into this new IP, she's going to be taking over the mantle of Black Widow. Mm-hmm. Where spoiler alert, if you haven't seen. Infinity War to Endgame, uh, Scarlet, like Black Widow's dead, 
And so I had no idea, and I could care less. <laughs> but so Scarlett Johansson is exiting this franchise, and because she's dead, yeah, okay. And so this new movie coming out, they're not going to bring her back. Like Superman. did Thanos yeah. like crush her yeah. or something? Like how I don't even I don't know I don't know don't tell me I don't care I don't care. But uh, did she dissolve away? Was she one of those people? <laughs> No, no, no she, no, she wasn't. She yeah. Okay. yeah. Okay. She dies she dies in the lamest way possible. Um but but this new Black Widow movie coming out is takes place earlier in the timeline to introduce Florence Pugh's character. So now that she's dead in the future, you can still have the code name Black Widow, mm-hmm. but you have someone else taking up the mantle. It's kind of just a way for all of those actors, same with Jeremy Renner now with this Hawkeye show, for all these actors to kind of well, cl- close the book. She's going to show up in that Hawkeye yeah, she show. She is, yeah. Uh, so when you know. you're talking about yeah, taking IMDb up a IMDb has her time. for eight episodes, which I assume is probably the whole first season. Yeah, so it's, it's one of those... This franchise may take up some of her time. The cool thing with Marvel is you look at everyone else, they were able to do some projects in between if they wanted. The thing is, is Disney's paychecks are very large. And so who knows what she does. I mean, you do see that she is filming a, a horror movie right now. Olivia Wilde. Don't worry, movie. darling. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, with Chris Pine and Olivia Wilde. And that's her second team up with Chris Pine from The Outlaw King, which is on Netflix. Right. Well, and this movie's... Go ahead. I was just going to say The Outlaw King isn't the greatest, but it's it's worth a watch. If you are a medieval fanatic um, and, you know, it's Chris Pine, it's Florence Pugh. There you go. Well, and everyone knows this movie right now, Don't Worry Darling, because of the Olivia Wilde, Harry Styles. This is kind of all of a sudden they're dating, which is a big publicity stunt, I feel like, just to get people to pay attention to this movie. And but the- if it draws in a bigger audience to see Florence Pugh in another horror thriller. When did Sudeiko slit lose out? When did he lose out? <laughs> How did he even win? Yeah, that's that's a better question, right? Um, it's hilarious. But yeah, well, spe- speaking of hilarious, it looks like Nick Kroll's also going to be in this film. Uh, so yeah, I, I didn't even really... This is one we should have talked about on next week's episode. But um, yeah, so that that's cool to th- see that, you know, she's not just going to pigeonhole herself into trying to be a superhero, wear the cape. Yeah. Um, so that, that's really neat. Well, and the nice thing with that role is it's still kind of... W- w- what a lot of her other roles have been strong female lead and, you know, independent doing her thing. That's what black widow was. You know, she's dealing with all these boys, but she's the one that, you know, is just like, Oh, I guess I have to do it kind of thing. So I mean, to be honest, I'll probably see black widow, especially um, if it's like a Disney plus. Yeah. Oh, well, no, they've actually said that this movie is going to be just theaters, right? Yeah. That's black it's, widow. It's as of, it's, as it's of all January 11th. Yeah. When yeah. We're yeah. Their official yeah. statement is hopeful. You know, yeah. opti- like, what is it saying? Uh, Kevin Feige said optimism is fleeting. So, like, we're, we're just hopeful, hopeful that yeah. it can be theater, which means they're starting to think that it will be like what HBO is doing is simultaneous. Okay. And guess what? You're going to see every Marvel movie from here on out because you got, the pod, yeah. you got a movie podcast yeah. to talk um, about. <laughs> but no, I mean, but what I'm just saying is like Start not doing your homework, <laughs> not to besmirch like Robert Downey Jr. or some, you know, Mark Ruffalo, any of these other great actors who I love who have been in the Marvel movies. But for me, someone kind of from our generation, Florence Pugh, if she's going to dabble in a Marvel movie, that I'm going to be much more inclined now to go see what she brings to the table as opposed to one of these older actors who well, I already have a standing relationship with and that I can go back if I want to watch a Robert Downey Jr. movie or even somebody like um, a Chris Evans you know, I'll go and watch a Knives Out or something like that. Whereas yeah. Florence Pugh, you only have a handful of things if you really want to see her. And me loving her as much as I do, it's going to make me want to go see Black Widow. 
But then also think about this list and think the, of the possibilities of in the future having Florence Pugh, Haley Steinfeld, Tom Holland, Letitia Wright, Zendaya, Brie Larson, Brie Larson. Uh, uh, am I missing anyone else that's in the Marvel? Daniel Kaluuya. Daniel, da- Daniel Kaluuya. Kaluuya. Like yeah. we, uh, potentially all these people in one way or in another interacting with each other in this universe really shows that. Well, I didn't even the, think of that. Like, like the, the acting prowess isn't lacking at all. It's, it's, just a, it's just a matter of how are you going to use it, Marvel? How are you going to use it, Disney? Give me a little more. Who, how many are in uh, DC projects? Um, there were some <laughs> on my list that you'd be surprised that are actually like going to be doing some big in, indie darlings. I may mention a couple of them here. but uh, oh, wait, I'm on this list, though. It's uh, just Margot, right? Uh, yeah. That's because uh, DC is a little older. But what are you going to do? <sighs> <laughs> they, got good, they got good eyes for talent over there in DC. Can't believe you went there, man. <laughs> Slaying. Sorry. Man. Yeah. This uh, feud is going to go on for the entire show, <laughs> and I love it. Um, okay. Well, we all hail the May Queen, Florence Pugh. She stands. She stands atop our list of the biggest and brightest stars, age thirty-one and under. I'd let her burn me in a bear suit. I would too. Yeah. Uh, so before we put a bow on this episode, let's, yeah, let's briefly talk about a few honorable mentions, seeing as how some fat did have to be trimmed from each of our lists. So I have our list here, each, all three of ours, if you guys need, um, a quick refresher, but I'll kind of start, um, a few people who I really like, Julia Gardner, everyone knows her from, uh, Ozark. Mm-hmm. Uh, uh, I think that, you know, she's got a really good career ahead of her. Uh, you could basically say the entire cast uh, under 31 who started in Game of Thrones, um, Maisie Williams, Sophie Turner, all of them. I think that they're going to try to really branch out from from that uh, tentpole and, and get into some other things. Another person who I feel like we've had a relationship with forever, but who's still under the age of 31, Kristen Stewart. And say what you will about her as Bella from Twilight, but go watch the movie Personal Shopper. I'm sure you've never heard of it, but it's in the Criterion Collection. It's a very weird movie. And then just the last one I'll, I'll talk about here real quick. Well, two more. Margaret Qualley, who was also in uh, Once Upon a Time in Hollywood mm-hmm. with Margot Robbie. She's the hitchhiker that Brad Pitt picks up. And then, of course, I know her best from The Leftovers, the HBO TV show, which I just love. Can't recommend enough. And then also Ice Cube's son, O'Shea Jackson Jr., who is great playing his father in Straight Outta Compton. But then, hello, Den of Thieves. If you haven't seen it, <laughs> go watch it before the sequel comes out. O'Shea Jackson Jr. is a boss, and he's here to stay. Uh, so those were guys guys from my list that I had. Uh, some names on mine. I've got uh, Tony Rev- Revolori, uh, who was the, the main kid in uh, Grand Budapest, and now he's in the Spider-Man uh, universe as uh, oh, the, the bully, Flash. Um, so he, it cracks me up when you guys look to me for info on the superhero <laughs> movie. Like, I'm gonna know who the bully is. <laughs> yeah, he's the and bully. Spider Man Homecoming I prom night. Anyways, I think he's got some real Whatever comedy chops, this kid. And uh, I would like to see him do <laughs> something on his own. What does he call his followers in Far From the Flash Mob? Yeah, Flash Mob. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Yeah. yeah, he definitely has some comedic chops. <laughs> um, also, someone who again has comedic chops who. Actually, wasn't on my original list, but I thought of while we were doing this episode. Uh, Beanie Feldstein. Oh yeah, Jonah Hill's younger sister, Lady Bird, book smart. Um, someone who probably is going to be uh, the center of of a comedy. 
I got a kick out of her when I rewatched or when I watched Lady Bird for the first time last night. Yeah. 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 So I have a few on mine. Um, First off, Lily Aspel, she plays young Wonder Woman in the two Wonder Woman movies, like the like the ten year old version. She in this new one, she's thirteen years old, did all of her own stunts. Um, she is like if you watch some behind the scenes stuff of her just like doing stunt coordination, this kid has a future, whether it's in acting or in stunt coordination, and she's I think she's thirteen. So like she's she's got a nice future ahead of her. Um Ty Sheridan who's Cyclops in the new X-Men. He was in Ready Player One. The only reason I have my eye on this guy is he just started a new production company that is a a visual effects production company that is backed by Steven Spielberg, Joe Russo, and Terry Dugas, which is basically their mission is to make blockbuster-level visual effects at a very low-budget price. So, like, filmmakers local filmmakers can make big budget stuff. So it's kind of a way for local people to compete with some higher end things. He's, so, he's the kid from, from ready player one. Yeah. Right. right yeah. He's yeah. The, yeah. Is there a relationship to uh, Taylor? Do we know this not to put you on the spot? I, I don't believe so. No. Just, so. Okay. Yeah, he's just, okay. he's, he's also going to be in uh, the things they carried with Bill yeah. Skarsgård. Yeah. Coming up. So he's, he's still acting and, and he's not bad in everything. I like I, ready player one. I read the book book is better than the movie, but the movie's still entertaining as hell. And he does a great job. Uh, Joe Keery, who is uh, Steve in Stranger Things, if you see him off screen, especially interacting with Ben Schwartz and their whole like internet thing of them being father and son, talk about com- future comedic chops. <laughs> this this kid's got it. I think we're going to see a lot of him moving forward. Uh, Cameron Monaghan from Shameless and the Gotham TV show. Um, he's he's dub- dabbled into some movies. I think he, we're going to see his name a lot. Um, Park So Dom who was in Parasite. She plays the sister. She stole the show for me, other yeah, than the father. Same with me. Um, so I think we're going to see a lot of her. Zezzy Beats from Joker, another one that I didn't really think was under 31, but she's uh, a little bit younger than us. She also is Domino in the Deadpool franchise, so we're definitely going to see her again with Deadpool 3. Um, going to the DC era of things, there's two guys I just wanted to bring up, because I think we're going to see more of these guys. The first one is a kid named Ryan Potter, Talk about physical actors. This is one of the, the the best young martial artists I've seen. He's the one that wanted to be Robin for the DCEU, so put out this like stunt footage audition. So this kid, like, we're just gonna see in a lot of things. He plays currently Beast Boy in the Titans show that's on HBO Max. Speaking of that show, the best part about it, the show is not great. I'm a big DC fan. The show is not great at all. <laughs> but the best the best part about it is the visuals. Like, the costume design, like, it deserves awards. And then Brenton Thwaites plays Dick Grayson, the first live-action Nightwing we've ever seen. This kid, I, I will watch anything moving forward from this role of this guy. He was in the last Pirates of the Caribbean, which is one of the most forgettable movies I've ever seen. The one with Javier Bardem. Mm-hmm. But, and he doesn't really have much of a track record before that. But if you just watch, like, two scenes from the first two episodes of Titans, you will see that this kid can act and I can see him as being like the new face of law and order. If they ever do a new one, like he can be a new detective kind of thing. This this kid's got chops. The only other name on my list that we didn't talk about, and I will only bring it up for one movie and one movie only. And that's baby driver is Ansel Elgort. No, I disagree. And he's, he's, he's not a good actor. I, I, and I said that one movie only, I think he did a good job in that movie because it's Edgar Wright and you can't do wrong. 
But he, then, he's gotten into some trouble though. He's, so that, he yeah, and like I'm throwing it out yeah. there for that one movie, and now I see yeah. he's not because I haven't seen him in anything else. Yeah. So well, yeah, then there, he got in some trouble. I mean, he's, he's. I didn't know that. I didn't do my research on he, him. He's, he's a bit of a predator. Well, yeah. then no. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, no Lancelot. <laughs> okay, um, okay. and then sucky actor. And then a couple just honorable mentions for people who were oh, just. Wait, no, hold on. Now you really can't watch Baby Driver because we got Ansel Elgore and Kevin Spacey in that that's shit. True. Yeah, All right, um, I'm throwing that Blu-ray away. Yep. <laughs> God damn it. Um, keep it for John Hamm and Jamie Foxx. Um, <laughs> and Edgar. And Edgar. But uh, just a few actors who are just a little too old to make the cut: Michael B. Jordan's 33, Alicia Vikander's 32, Army Hammer, who. You know, say what you will. He hasn't done too much, but he's thirty. Yeah, where is Army Hammer? Yeah, I don't know. I, I like him though. Uh, and I then would, in that realm of uh, that age, I would have thrown Ray Fisher, not because of Cyborg, but True Detective, the latest season. He was alongside Mahershala Ali. Their scenes together are phenomenal. I uh, like de- definitely Emmy worthy. And then we've talked about her just a few times, but Greta Gerwig is only thirty-seven years old, and she's writing and directing. Oh, wow. Yeah, a ton of good stuff. Uh, so after all that, I think it's pretty safe to say that Hollywood is in great hands moving forward. We look very much forward to seeing what all these actors and actresses have to offer in the future. And in case any of them do walk across that award stage to claim a statue, remember that it was prophesized here first <laughs> on Excuse the Intermission. Yeah. Out uh, with the old, in with the new. That's right. Uh, except CGI Joe Pesci. <laughs> Stick around. <laughs> we'll, you... <laughs> we'll keep you around forever, bud. Um, <laughs> So we've mentioned a ton of films on this episode. But yeah, if you've been jotting some of them down or if you want to go back and just kind of listen uh, to the films that we've talked about as opposed to some of the actors and actresses, I know we've given you guys a lot to chew on, but as connoisseurs, we would hope that you'd go back and, and check out some of these films if you haven't already. So thanks for listening and entrusting us to deliver the goods. Of course, thank you to my co-hosts, Max and Grant. Until next time, we will see you at the movies. Stay swell and give them hell. You know, guys, just drink movies and watch beer. (laughs) Happy birthday, Alex.